tongue, bloodsucker. You're going to have to do your own dirty work now. Do you hear me? Do you? Kirk. Kirk, you're still alive, my old friend. Still old friend. You've managed to kill just about everyone else, but like a poor marksman, you keep missing the target. Perhaps I no longer need to try. You've got Genesis, but you don't have me. You are going to kill me, Khan. You're going to have to come down here. You're going to have to come down here. I've done far worse than kill you. I've hurt you. And I wish to go on hurting you. I shall leave you as you left me. As you left her. Maroon for all eternity in the center of a dead planet. Buried alive. Buried alive. Fantastic. That's as good as it gets right now. It is two minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five, and this is the month of April in the year of our Lord 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. Live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO, this, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Show. It is Thursday, and welcome to Day 12. It is 503 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. 2970. If you would like to join us telephonically speaking today, uh, it's 503-733-2970. We are here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Uh, coming up in today's uh, show, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum will join us in New York City where various and sundry, curious, and disturbing items have been found in the house of what the New York Daily News is calling the Killer Geek. It's like a huge, huge, like 80-point type on the front of the uh, Daily News. And it's just a picture of the weird, the alleged uh, Craigslist, uh, Craigslist killing guy, who really does seem... I love the Daily News for crimes and murders and serial killer. It is the best place to go for news, because they get the story first. They absolutely do. And, they, and here's the other thing about New York newspapers and gossip rags. Like the New York Post and the New York Daily News are really the benchmarks here. As much as I love the National Enquirer... You know, the National Enquirer are sort of nichified versions of what the New York Post and the New York Daily News have been doing forever. The New York Post, for example, which is America's uh, oldest daily, could, uh, still published newspaper, founded by Alexander Hamilton in, in 1812. Something like something that. Something like that. It's old. Best ever story? Headless body found in topless bar. And that was like 70 years ago. So, all right. There's a huge headline. It just said, he's the killer geek. Uh, and then it had like the weird picture of him, you know, like all goggle-eyed from his high school yearbook or something. Uh, do you ever think about this? If you were arrested for, let's say, I don't Being know, a serial killer, killing a series of hookers, mm-hmm. what photo it is from your past that they would choose to represent you? We should each try to find a photograph from our past that would be used in the story accompanying the accusations that we had murdered several people. 
That should be our job over this weekend. That should, that should be our task. Pictures. I don't the, the camera would take away my soul. I cannot be rendered on film, Rick. I only have a series of crude charcoal sketches of my visage. No, I don't have any old pictures. That's Hey, that's a lie. And here's how I know that's a lie. How old is old? Because like six months ago, you brought in a, a picture of you from high school where you were wearing a tux and you had a... Well, that's, that, that's probably the only one. Why would there... Okay. Was there some sort of an incident that your family had where you were photophobic? No, there were plenty of pictures taken. But I, I think they were sold at an estate sale. Are you dead? Is this like a sixth sense thing where you're not really here? And I'm busy. Am I in a like a like a sensory deprivation chamber at NASA right now? And I'm hallucinating this whole show. And so you don't really exist, which is why all your things would have been sold at an estate sale, because I'm in my head recreating a, 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 like a radio team that I worked with 50 years ago. Why would all your things have been sold at an estate sale? That's well, just I, I odd. Think all the family albums were in my dad's basement. After he passed away, and all those things were sold at an estate sale. But, like, you didn't have copies of that? Like, it wouldn't have gone... No, because when I came out here, I told my family I was only coming out to the West Coast on vacation. But I had no plan to return. So I didn't take family pictures with me. With every sentence, I just feel like we're delving deeper and deeper to some sort of weird Cambodian thicket uh, that I don't understand. Well, anyway, apart from Tim... And now I can't really do it, because it can't just be Sarah and I trying to find serial killer photos for ourselves. That's not going to work. Well, you two can. I've explained why I might not be able to furnish the same thing. I'm just saying, you know, if it's, if it's not a thing we can all do together, then that's, you know, just, it's not, probably not. No, I'll be doing. an onlooker and enjoy it. Okay. Don't well, let me stop anyone's fun. Well, you know what? I'll go home this weekend and I'll try to, well, I'm going to be in Vegas this weekend, but I'll root around on my possessions and see if I can try to find some weird, freaky-faced photograph of myself that they would run next to the whole... You know, Emerson, 36, had a collection of severed heads in his trunk. All right. Uh, in any event, uh, so uh, Steve Kastenbaum from Cra from uh, New York City will be talking about the Craigslist guy. Um, let's see. Lost in 408. And I have augmented today's music bed, so it is, in fact, four minutes and eight seconds. Oh, great. Uh, you finally Following that intro. On the day that there actually wasn't an episode last night. Well, Rick Emerson gives. Uh, let's see. Kelly Clark from the uh, Willamette Week will be here. Uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com will count down the top five monkey songs uh, of all time. Not monkeys uh, songs, but the top five monkey, M-O-N-K-E-Y uh, songs. Uh, that'll be coming up later on today. A copy of American Swing will be given away today on DVD. Take a walk on the wilder side of New York City in the 70s with a long look. At, uh, <laughs> it's not a long lick so much as it is a, uh, a look. You know, every single day I've managed to mangle that in some sort of inappropriate fashion. Into the world's most famous sex club, Plato's Retreat, to no-holds-barred exploration of the 70s. It is American Swing, available now on DVD from Magnolia Home Entertainment. That sounds uh, like it should be an HBO series. It does. Well, there was Swing Town on CBS. Is that, is that gone or is no, it still it was on gone. Yeah, they did, it, I thought it was a good show, but I, it didn't fit their demo, and it died. I uh, You would think that it would fit the demo, because CBS television traditionally targets the older set. And that was the thing that was very firmly rooted in the 70s. And you figure if you were 25 years old in the 70s, you know, so you're 55 now, I would imagine that that was it. I mean, that's sort of where CBS's demo has always been, despite their attempts to change that. So it kind of the only time I watched uh, Swingtown, it they, was they just showed it on Bravo every couple of weeks or so. The show kind of freaked me out. It, 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 it had like a weird smothery feeling. I would watch it and it just felt like I was being sort of. Wrapped in a big dusty blanket. I don't know why. I found the show very off-putting. I mean, that wasn't bad. It wasn't like I was offended by it. 
I found it. It gave me kind of a weird claustrophobic sensation, which maybe was the point of it. It had this weird creepiness that I... And the fact that everything was just filmed in brown... Like it was a whole, and well, I know well, that the, was the seventies. The 70s were the earth tone decade of natural light. That's unpleasant. That's it, it was just hideous. Uh, I mean, I don't remember too much about it, but I remember a little bit about it, and I remember I've seen the photographs of, of just how I was dressed and how the whole my whole family, where everything was like avocado. Yeah, you know what, mom? Why do? Why does everything I uh, tight know, polyester shirts? Why does everything I own come in only uh, like faded, ugly mustard yellow and brown? Well, because it's the seventies, and there were mustard-colored cars back then too. Yes, there were. I had one. I had. I had a Montego. A Montego. But I, I didn't have the seventies car until a few years ago. Oh, uh, I've it was you, the nineties. It took me twenty years to get one. You know what I think about when I think of of to this day? It's weird how these things stay with you. To this day, I don't care for uh, mustard-colored or yellow-colored anything. Uh, almost. I mean, it, I mean, it, like, 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 I have a legal pad or something that's yellow. But I mean, in terms of like furniture or a car or your walls, things uh, like accessories or, or sort of consumer goods or items that are yellow just creep me out. And I'll tell you exactly why it is. I can tell you because I used to get stashed with one of my older brothers a lot when I was a kid. Because my oldest brother is a lot older than I am. He's um, twenty five years older than I am, and so I would get dumped with him a lot. And and, and everything he owned seemed to be this weird sickly yellow. His furniture in the kitchen was yellow, and it was like this cracked vinyl uh, furniture. I mean, it's not like I have some great sense of aesthetic, but I just remember sitting there in, in, in like his kitchen, and it would be this cracked ass vinyl chair that, that where everything, and it was like held together with duct tape. But then it was bright yellow, but it was bright yellow that had been left in the sun, and it just turned all gross. It was like some, it was like moldy tapioca. And then he had a um, he had a yellow. I mean, and this is like the most seventies thing you can possibly imagine. He had a yellow Pinto. A yellow Ford Pinto just fills me with a sense of nausea just even to think about it. Um, well, if you w- go back and watch Play Misty for me, Clint uh, Eastwood is wearing yellow pants <laughs> as he's picking up on chicks. As he's putting on a, a tape to go meet this woman, he's wearing yellow pants. I finally... She found alluring enough to <laughs> take it a little bit further. That's great. Jessica Walters, I love a man in yellow pants. Well, that's that's wonderful. We're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello, how are you today? Hello, I'm doing well. I love that color yellow. I I can't. I mean, it, I, I I painted my walls in my old apartment that color. I firmly recognize that I have no reason. It really is a childhood thing. As much as I shouldn't care about that, there are certain things I associate with childhood that I just like to avoid. Now, one is yellow furniture or yellow walls. Like my wife wanted to paint. Laura wanted to paint um, uh, one of our kitchen walls yellow, and I just I very politely asked her not to do that. I said, I said, there's a couple colors that are, that are good. There's a couple colors that are bad, and there's one yeah, color that I just can't abide. Like random colored walls, right? Yeah, it's like this weird. I don't. know, It's like this kind of tropical thing going on that she's that she's done, which is fine. But I just I asked. I said, please don't paint it yellow because it, 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 I find it. I know that yellow is supposed to cheer you up, but I, I find yellow depressing, and it's because it reminds me of uh, being stuck at my brother's house when I was a kid. So I just don't care for that. I like to avoid that. I see. All right. I have well. some walls in my house painted uh, kind of a weird shade of yellow called Santa Fe, which isn't a, a weird yellow. That's a combination of yellow and brown. It's like a southwestern kind of a thing. Yeah. See, I could almost get with that. Like mm-hmm. if it was a uh, like if it was a Golden's Dijon mustard color. Exactly. I just have wallpaper in my apartment. I got a rock. <laughs> uh, well, my wallpaper is awesome and completely uh, tacky and cheesy. Hey, where were you at last night when you called me? 
Um, where did I go? Oh, I was at the space room. Oh, all right. Okay. There was yeah. a, yeah, I remember you, you were calling me. There was like a weird cacophony of noise in the background. I couldn't quite figure out where it was. Now, was that before? Because Lost was, it was like a recap or something. Yeah. Right? So I did, I, I actually didn't watch Lost last night. But we're going to do the Lost. Uh, you and Patrick will be doing Lost. I know. And so I'm trying is, to like, it's like an overview so far of the season. I, yes, I suppose. There's so much going on though. I don't really know. I'm trying to like focus it on it. So I took a bunch of notes. I'm like, okay, how exactly am I going to go about this? So, I'm, you know, I can never run out of things to talk no. about Lost about, so no. I'm trying to get it together. Excellent. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of anything exciting that I did yesterday. I took a three-hour nap. Are you wearing a Ooh. bolo tie? I am. It's the summer of the bolo tie. It looks like you're wearing an Olympic medal. I mean, that's it's just like this shiny gold coin uh, that I'm, has... I mean, it's a bolo tie, obviously, but I mean, it's like instead of like the, the, the longhorn steer head or whatever, <laughs> it just looks like you're... It looks like you have a Sacagawea coin around your neck. This was an impulse purchase that I got in, at a Value Village in Bremerton um, for 99 cents when I was visiting my parents. Fantastic. And... It goes with everything. I haven't been able to stop wearing it. I've worn it every single day since I've purchased it. Well, because it doesn't... I mean, it is a bolo tie, but it looks almost like a necklace, too. Yeah, it's like a necklace, but it has... Um, it's gold, and it has a surfer guy on it, and it just says Hawaii. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and I named him. I his, name, it, his name is Ken. That's going to be an accompaniment to everything. It is. I've worn it with everything that I have. I've worn it with dresses. I've worn it with like tank tops. I even wore it with my bathing suit the other day. It's a bolo tie summer. It's the summer of the bolo tie. Fantastic. It kind of makes you look like a Hawaiian Pocahontas. If there was such a thing. Without the syphilis uh, and the uh, smallpox blankets Thanks. and so forth. Hey, I, I didn't think about that part. <laughs> no, speaking of Sacagawea, you know... Is that what you think about when you think about Pocahontas? Wait, what? That she had syphilis? Wait, isn't that... A, a, Which one had... I thought it was Sacagawea. That's why I'm looking at can you. I no, tell not you, Pocahontas. You They're two different people. Well, but didn't... I, well, I'm such an ugly American. I don't know the difference. I mean, it's like, who... Well, what, Sacagawea was a guide for Lewis and Clark, but what did Pocahontas do? And Pocahontas don't refer to a Disney film. She, I, it's, it's she was back east. She was one of the Thanksgiving Indians. But was it the... Thanksgiving Indian? Is that like a... Wait, what is that like? It's that's That seems... That sounds like something. That sounds like something that is, that it, that it is extant. That sounds like... What, oh, I'm thinking of the Halloween tree by Ray Bradbury. Have you seen pictures of her holding plates of turkey? The Halloween tree and the Thanksgiving Indian are not the same thing. No. Pocahontas is a Thanksgiving Indian? Was she a yeah. guide like Sacagawea? I'm not sure if she's I'd, a tour guide or not. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, I don't, I don't know. Hello, I'm Pocahontas. I'll be your guide today. Um, a blanket. No, that's wonderful. Thank you. No, it, it is, it's been chilly lately. Um, it, does anybody else feel faint? Uh, so I don't know what Pocahontas did. Was she one of those like, uh, hello, uh, hello, noble hello, white man? Pocahontas. <laughs> I I have no idea. I have zero is... knowledge of of anything having to do with that part of American history. I I just I have nothing. Okay, I just randomly the, the most random Wikipedia entry on her. She was a Native American woman who married an Englishman and became a celebrity in London in the last year of her life. See, now that part's not depicted. She's in the an Disney English film. Indian, or became one. It's so confusing. It I don't even. Confusing. I don't even I don't understand. Know. We're, right. we're such ugly Americans. I. I guess. Uh, she was like the Madonna of her day. Uh-huh. She was an American who became an English woman. Moving forward, uh, I, I don't even know what I was going to talk about here. It doesn't really. Oh, did anybody watch KGW News last night? No. Mm-mm. Should I? It's fantastic. I tried to pull some. Uh, I tried to pull some audio from it, um, and it ended up the. the I have. We'll we'll play some of this back later because they did a whole. They led with the monkey story. I think they were like right out of the gate with the monkey thing. It was fantastic. It was monkey th- the, the monkey thing, and then the Craigslist killing guy allegedly, 
And then they had Amanda Fritt, who didn't look as crazy as she normally does, and she was actually making some sense. She was just screeching about that um, that McCall's place, you know, the restaurant McCall's down at the, the at the park. I thought it closed a long time ago. Well, it, it is. I mean, it's still there though. The building is there, and so I guess it's going to be the Rose uh, Festival headquarters or whatever. Well, the green building down next to the yeah, it's McCall's restaurant, but okay. it hadn't, but it's fallen apart, and so I guess it's been closed, and they, you know they were trying to figure out what to do with it. But so I guess they're just the city's just going to be putting a huge, and I, it has to be said, ugly. Uh, neon rose on top of it. Oh. But it's like as gaudy as I'm making it sound, it's like way gaudier. Uh, and by the way, this will surprise everybody, the city is apparently just ignoring all the rules and regulations and processes for doing it, and it's something that no business would be allowed to do because it's a violation of all the zoning codes. Why don't they just name it Cesar Chavez and keep everybody happy? I should just name myself Cesar Chavez. I'm going to do that. I'm going to name myself Cesar Chavez. Okay. And then that's going to stop the whole problem. Mm-hmm. You sons of bitches, that's my idea, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to put out a press release about that today, assuming that I get permission from everybody to do that, which won't be great. I'm sure there won't be a problem. I'm going to rename myself Cesar Chavez Boulevard. I'm Rick Cesar Chavez Boulevard Emerson in the morning. Are you sure you're not a kooky morning DJ? It is, but that's like so kooky that it becomes great. All right. Well, in any event, I think it's brilliant. just final thing, and then we'll uh, and then I'll get to some other stuff here in a, later on. So about KGW, they were talking about Sam Adams. I guess wants to build some convention center hotel, and what's his name? Randy Leonard is wants to do something else. Blah 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 blah. But it's this whole story about how they're vote swapping, and the best part of it was the the name for the story was you know you scratch my back, and every time they used that, they would show a picture of Sam Adams. That's all. <laughs> like you scratch my back, Sam Adams. Um, so anyway, it's uh, the Rick Emerson uh, Radio Show. It is Thursday at the news desk. It's Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Okay, we have all kinds of exciting things to tell you about. Some things are going to upset you, then some things you'll like first. The warm weather earlier this week claimed the life of a dog that was left in a car outside an upscale shopping mall. 55-year-old Linda Ray Daniels of Cottage Grove took her pet pug to Bridgeport Village. She parked her fat SUV in the sunlight. It was 80 degrees. Left the dog inside with the back windows rolled down a few inches. She spent an hour inside the store, came back to find the pug not breathing. She poured water on the dog. Nothing worked. Then she just covered up the dog with a rug and went back uh, shopping. Are you kidding me? No. So she's been given a criminal citation for animal neglect. But uh, I guess that's as bad as it can be. So it, it's, it's very upsetting. It needs to be dealt with appropriately. Okay, so now we'll get to something that might cheer you up a little bit. A five-year-old student at Apple Valley Elementary School in Yakima, or Yakima, headed home on a bus with more than books in his backpack. Inside was a smelly package his father never imagined he'd be toting around. I'm still kind of just like in shock about it, you know, because I don't, you know, why would somebody do this? It's disgusting. She found a clear plastic baggie with um, a piece of fecal matter yeah. wrapped up in some a brown paper towel with the note on it. You know, what happened if this, you know, had stayed in there for a couple of She didn't check the bag and, you know, other kids, you know, were playing on the bus and it got out and, you know, got, they could have, you know, it's a very hazardous thing. It's disgusting. I just did a full Buster uh, Bluth there. Why was the kid toting around feces? Well, apparently the, uh, the teacher feels that he uh, may have defecated on the floor. And so she sent it home with a note. And if you want to see what the note says, go to my website at RileyLive.com. I'm so glad I don't have kids. All right. Uh, Sarah, we did I push us way over time here? 
A little bit. All right. Okay. Let's uh, do one more here, and then we'll uh, take a break. On the other side, we'll have more from Tim Riley. Steve Kastenbaum joining us from New York as well. Okay. Well, let's do this here. Um, all right. This is called Sicko Souvenirs. While his oblivious bride-to-be collected stemware and monogram sheets, the Craigslist killer the accused Philip Maycop was busy collecting his victim's underwear. Yes, that according to a reporter from the Boston Globe. We've heard some reports, although we can't confirm this, that um, some underwear uh, was recovered in his apartment. <sighs> Meanwhile, Craigslist CEO Jim Buckmaster says, well, it's regrettable that his website has become a breeding ground for sexy, kinky killers, but there's nothing much you can do about it. There are 50 million Americans using Craigslist each month. Whenever you have that amount of human activity, there is a possibility of things going wrong despite everyone's best efforts to protect people. Things going wrong. Things that going may, wrong. That maybe is an overly broad way of discussing this. Uh, I like the, the the best part is uh, you know the, the, when he did the fifty million uh, and you can tell that what he wants to say although he has the self control not to is to say you know there's fifty million people using Craigslist and a very you know a very small number of them uh, engage in serial killing followed by the collecting of heads and hair and or underwear I mean it really is well has anyone suggested having a separate area just for serial killers so they don't get mixed in with the regular people well like in Germany they could just do that I want to be eaten section right. you know there's like the looking to sell looking to buy there's a looking to eat there's the looking to be consumed perhaps. Uh, uh, you know, with some sort of a flaky pepper sauce. All right. Well, we should uh, do this. Steve Kastenbaum will uh, join us uh, just ahead. We'll talk to him about the uh, alleged Craigslist guy. Tim Riley will uh, have more news for us coming up later on today. Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week uh, will be here. We'll do the top five monkey songs and uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is Thursday morning. Still to come today uh, from uh, CNN Radio New York City, we'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum. Kelly Clark joining us from the Willamette Week and the Top 5 Monkey Songs. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on this Thursday. We're going to talk more about the monkey today uh, because it's the big story. And Monkey Helpers with Disabled has its own website. I was just looking at that. The uh, Monkey Helpers with Disabled is a national nonprofit agency. So I was looking at the, uh, the, the, what is it, the Helping Hands organization we or whatever it is. We and train these monkeys to act as living companions. They showed uh, the girl on KGW uh, last night they were talking to. By the way, at no point did they interview the parent. The parent was never found. They didn't put the parent on camera. Uh, there was a, a, no juncture during the newscast. Did they find the parent and say, hey, why did you let your kid continue to go up and bother an animal, even when the guy repeatedly said, like according to every witness on the scene, the guy said, don't... Uh, don't bother the monkey. The monkey will bother you back. And by by bother, we mean puncture, by the way, because she had I mean, it's, I'll try to make make light of it or whatever. I mean, it's I suppose you can say in some I suppose you can say in some sense it is the kid's fault because the kid kept going up and the you know, it kept bothering the animal. On the other hand, there should have been a parent there who, would, who was saying, like, why don't you uh, come over here and not annoy the thing that has claws and doesn't know you. But she had it was like on her uh, uh, like on her left cheek. Like sort of uh, like parallel to the tip of her nose, maybe there was like one tiny little uh, hole in her face, which is sort of I mean, which was alternately kind of creepy. But I guess not that, you know, it wasn't like it was a huge injury or whatever, because when the story first came out, they were making it sound like the monkey just took a chunk out of her face. It was like in just one. Well, they said the, the monkey bit the girl. The monkey had no teeth. The monkey so. had no teeth. Tim. <laughs> I'm sorry. Have you learned anything from a man's today? best friend is his monkey, according to the website I'm looking at. Well, that's. That's just true. Also, they were showing the service monkey. Uh, I don't know if it was this monkey. It was one of the other ones. 
they were showing the monkeys in action because I guess the deal is that they are trained to do sort of household tasks, especially for uh, quadriplegics and people who are just you know they don't have they, they don't have the ability uh, for whatever reason to like. This person had Parkinson's in Salem, and that's why he had the monkey. Because he has yeah he has because he gets tremors and he's not able to, to sort of do a lot of things. So is they that were what Michael J. Fox says they were showing like a a really. I mean, it was a pretty staggering montage of, of skills that the monkey was able to uh, to you know, to uh, to execute. Because at one point they showed the monkey actually putting the guy's dinner in the microwave, closing the door, <laughs> hitting the start button, which is a thing that you intellectually know that primates are capable of. Because I mean, you, you know, we've seen them in movies for years, and you know, I mean, they're so close to humans in some ways. But it still is just the kind of thing that gives you a little bit of pause, where you're stopping and you're watching this, and you're saying. Am I really watching a wild animal actually take some food and put it into the microwave and close the door and hit the start button? And how does it know what the start button is? I mean, and then they showed that, and then they showed it putting in a CD. It was like the guy was like, I need, I, I need to hear some fog hat. And the monkey was like, and it went over and it like put the CD in and closed the tray and hit the start button. I'm like, are you really telling me that a monkey can be trained to go over and put your CD in and like you fill your house with song? It was just altogether uh, fascinating and That's unnerving. Kind of magical. It really was. Um, here's the thing that bugs me about that story, though, is that they were talking about the guy whose monkey, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the poked at the girl. So the monkey has been taken away, and they shipped it back east to Pennsylvania or whatever this organization, uh, wherever its headquarters is. And the monkey's going to be quarantined for like four to five months, but they never noted if the guy's going to get a replacement uh, animal. I know. So he has to go monkeyless during this whole period of time. So what's he supposed to do? I have no idea, Tim. So, uh, but I have a uh, I have a phone call and email out to the Helping Hands organization, which is the I group saw that your sort of email. That, yeah, they're it the was ones. Very well written. They coordinate this. I tried to seem professional. I didn't try not to sound like some uh, jackass radio show. We're going to be like, hey, let's talk about monkeys. <laughs> uh, so presumably they will uh, they will be joining us at some point to sort of clarify the nature of the monkey. All right, the nature of the monkey. <laughs> Straight ahead news from Tim Riley and Steve Kastenbaum from New York City. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is Thursday morning. Straight ahead, Steve Kastenbaum from New York City. Later uh, on, we'll talk to Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. Still to come this hour as well. Tim Riley at the news desk. And later on, we'll do the top five monkey songs on this uh, Thursday. It's 503-733-2970. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From New York City, CNN radio correspondent and man of the world, Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. Oh, sorry. My fault. Hello, sir. How are you today? man of the world. I'm like looking for a country to visit this summer. Are you in fact uh, going to be traveling? Are you and uh, Mrs. Kastenbaum going to be seeing the world? Well, you know, we do this thing where every year we each take uh, a trip alone. And so she's going to China with a friend. So I'm like, heck, if she's going that far away, I got to find somewhere cool to go. So, uh, you know, there is that Liberace Museum where you can go see the world's largest rhinestone plus his sequined hot pants from his 1976 bicentennial special. Tempting. But uh, I think I may go for Guatemala. Oh, well. All right, fine. You know, whatever. If some people just have no sense of adventure, Steve, I'm sorry for you. Do you ever do this? Do you ever just, uh, you, you ever sit and watch, like, uh, No Reservations with Anthony Bourdain, and you watch that show, and you say to yourself, you know, there's really no point in me going anywhere because I can never be, like, A, there's just not enough time, and B, you realize that you could, uh, like, you could just it'd never be, uh, you can never just dive right into it and, and embrace it and sort of just roll w- with the punches the way that that guy can, and so anything else would just make you a piker? Yeah, and and every once in a while you get the urge to, like, you know, go off the grid and say, you know what, I'm going to give up my job for a year and go work in some developing world country for a year and 
and and really experience life, and then you know it never comes to fruition. Oh, know? see, I never have that urge. That's the thing that you have. I I can count on <laughs> zero fingers the number of times I ever said, you know what, I should leave my plush American life and go live in a mud hole somewhere. That's uh, that's not a thing that appeals to me, but I'm just speaking for myself. Although I will say this, someone, and we'll call her my wife, was making this up. So we were driving somewhere the other day, and you know she's like much more of a traveler uh, than I am. Like she went to Machu Picchu uh, you know, last year, and blah blah blah, whatever. Um, so she's like, you know, I was given some thought to go into Iraq, and I looked over and I said, what? I said, what are you, what are you talking about? She goes, well, I don't think I will or anything. I mean, it seems kind of dangerous, but still, it'd be interesting. And I was just like, you know. Because there are certain points in our relationship where I've just said, like, look, if you do, you know, insert weird thing, like, I'm not saying I'm going to leave you. I'm just saying if something bad happens, it's your own fault and I'm not going to be able to have any sympathy for you. So it's just like you're taking your life in your own hands. The, one of the worst things that we ever did in some ways was to go see Henry Rollins do a speaking gig a couple of years ago because she's always, you know, my wife very much loves to travel and loves to, as you said, go off the grid and... You know, she tries to sort of see the authentic experience or whatever. But we saw Henry Rollins talk, and Rollins is very much a guy who just, you know, he'll, he'll just pick some place on the map that he's never gone and just dive right in. But he told the story about going to... um about going to Beirut, and he said it's because he heard Beirut always being referenced as sort of a... Like, they were the... um they were always the the go-to country whenever you wanted to talk about how a thing was dangerous. You would say, "Well, it's like Beirut over there," and Beirut right. was just sort of like they were the they were the gold standard by which you judged chaos and violence. And he said that he wanted to know if it was true, so he just went there. And he told this story, which I suspect is true, about getting into a cab, uh, like at the airport and just saying, like, take me five miles that way. And at a certain point, he just had the guy stop the cab and he got out. And he's like, "I'll find my way, uh, you know, I'll find my way back somehow." <laughs> And so my wife told me, she's like, that is awesome. I am totally doing that. And I was like, you know, okay, you know, that's fine. Uh, you know, you just, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be the guy on the news trying to explain why I didn't stop you from going to Beirut, like, you know, for fun. So she just wants to go to Iraq, not, not to volunteer, not to do any sort of work. She just wants to go. She just wants to go to quote, see what it's like over there right now. And I said, you know, uh, uh I think it's, I think it's, uh, uh, lethal over there right now. That's kind of my read on the tone of that country, but I could be way off. Jesus. Anyway, all right. I would uh, say that would uh, not be a wise choice at this moment in time. I, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I guess I can see her point. I mean, it is, I, I suppose it's more interesting than sitting around and just deciding it like you know, where you're going to go to have, uh, you know, nachos tonight or whatever. But, you know, whatever. It's, you know, it's what makes the relationship work. It is uh, it is yin and yang, sir. I, I totally understand. And I, I have a feeling I really understand firsthand what you're talking about did you see the uh, uh the new york daily news i think it was yesterday where they're talking about the alleged uh, craigslist guy as being quote the killer geek killer geek he looks like another preppy murderer remember uh, robert chambers here in new york the preppy killer is that the guy that it uh, was uh was uh, robert chambers the guy that killed his girlfriend in the park and he blamed it on they were having like rough sex or something yeah that was, yeah yeah, uh, yeah they, they were in a bar and then they went into central park to have sex and and he blamed it on rough sex right and so they were showing this guy yesterday, and I have this whole theory about why they keep seizing. Because I mean, like, I, I'm not trying to to to, to um, diminish or make light of of you know anything that's happened and you know the tragedy and all that. I mean, I'm not trying to say that it's less important than it is. But I mean, people get killed every day. I'm not trying to sound cold about that. I'm just saying, like, it, like there's a, you know, the murders happen, crime takes place. Right. But even, like here locally in Portland, like the local news, they were just like all over this Craigslist thing. And I was trying to figure out why, and I think. 
It's just that the media it feels so threatened uh, by the internet, especially by things like Craigslist, because Craigslist just single-handedly decimated the newspaper industry, for example, by just having, you know, by just offering free advertising and classifieds to you know everyone everywhere. Right. And so any chance to just stick it to Craigslist is something that the media cannot wait to be part of. They just they uh, it's like even Anderson Cooper, he's a man. He was he's a man unrestrained. He just could not wait to pile on to Craigslist. And so that's why they go right to this. He's a killer geek. I I guess because he used a website at some point to do something, which is apparently all that it takes at this point. But a killer I, geek who's smart enough to go to med school at Boston University, you know. Well, and now they're saying what they found like what uh, panties or something or some some clothing artifact in his house or his apartment. Yeah, uh, police sources in Boston have been telling uh, reporters at various outlets that. They recovered. We we knew they recovered the gun from the a gun from the apartment, but that it was apparently found in a hollowed out copy of Gray's Anatomy, the medical textbook. That's creepy. And they they recovered several uh, uh, pairs of women's underwear that they believe belonged to victims. They don't know which victims, but it was sort of his little trophy, allegedly. Well, you know, uh, hollowing out the book is kind of an old school way to do it. I mean, that's uh, that's almost a little bit of uh, what if he's trying to be retro or something with that. You would think that in a post Dexter era, uh, they would know to hide those things more securely somewhere in their apartment. But apparently I immediately not. thought of Shawshank Redemption, where he hides the uh, the rock uh, chisel in his Bible. Totally, you're right, Warden. Freedom did lay within. I was thinking about my brother who just hollowed out a Bible to keep his weed in, which caused <laughs> my mom was angry like a hundred different ways uh, at that. So. All right. Well, on that note, we're uh, uh, kind of under the uh, under the gun here because you've got the because you've got you know more killer geek uh, uh, news to be uh, filing and whatnot. But I'll th- I'll give some thought into your summer vacation. I'll uh, I don't know. I'll yeah. drop a short list for you. At this point, I'm thinking you know a week long uh, Spanish immersification course in Guatemala. That's what I'm looking at. I don't think immersification is an actual word, but did I get a, um, immersion? Sorry. See, I slept <laughs> about three and a half hours last night. A Spanish immersion. Course. You should start saying immersification on CNN a lot just to see if it catches on. See if you can convince people that it's an accurate word. It, it, it was my best uh, Archie Bunker uh, impression. Uh, where am I going to go to learn the Spanish speechifying for my upcoming sojourn? All right. Thank you, Steve <laughs> Kastenbaum. Take care. All right. There you go. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. At the news desk, it's Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. This is kind of scary. The Atlanta Hawks, which is a basketball team. Yes. Well, they have a real-life hawk as a mascot that flies around. Oh, please tell me that a girl went up to it in Salem and decided to bother the hawk, even though a parent should have been there to tell her not to. Uh, apparently, it is supposed to fly during the first part of the game and then fly back to its handler. Okay. Last night, it did not. Oh, God. It, it perched itself aboard the scoreboard, and it would not budge, frightening everybody. That's fantastic. Was it just, oh, my God. It like turned on it, them? Was, was it just like, glaring like at the audience? Whose eyeballs am I going to peck out? So they stopped the game. The players refused to play any longer, and so would you. Because the hawk sat there. It would not obey anyone. That is excellent. Good for the hawk. So when the players spotted the game, they refused to go on. That is wonderful. It was halted with 8.28 remaining in the first quarter until the hawk's handler finally arrived. And uh, Lord Spirit, the the bird's name was Spirit, and carried him out of the arena. That the is, cheers of the crowd. That's fantastic. Don't you wish it had just started randomly dive-bombing the crowd and maybe just, uh, you know, just going right for an ear or something? Uh-huh. That would have been satisfying in many, many ways. I love the idea that it's just sitting up on the scoreboard just staring out with black, beady eyes filled with hate. <laughs> <laughs> just, they, 
I mean, because like, where is it supposed to be? What is it? What was it? It is supposed to amuse the crowd and then fly back to its handler. Really, is it now? Yes. I love the idea that we that we catch wild animals and then we're For astonished. Our own amusement. <laughs> <laughs> they are here to entertain us because they love it. <laughs> we know that the bird loves to entertain us. Wild animals don't love anything. Uh, they don't love anything more than dancing for tidbits for humans, Tim. Jesus. So, well, somebody came up with the bright idea that a hawk would be fun in a halftime show or whatever. Why is it that when some uh, idiot and in some twirling majorette, <laughs> and when some retard in Milwaukee does something, we spot it for what it is. But when it, like, but when like a professional sports team does it, it's fun. I mean, if, you know, it's just like it's the like if this were to happen in Clackamas. You'd say, well, you know, what do you expect, idiot? Uh, but because of you know it's happening for like a professional uh, sporting team who do seem to play by different rules than everybody else, that somehow it's the hawk's fault that it doesn't want to just uh, go out there and like twirl around in the air uh, so that a bunch of people can clap at it. Wow. Uh, speak of Clackamas, a young mother said a man exposed himself to her at Clackamas Park and actually asked her if he. If she wanted to join him, uh, the answer was no. The man is about 30 and kept asking again and again. She said, no, 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 I don't wish to expose myself. She, oh, not join him in sexual congress, but join him in showing her business to everyone. Right, at, at Clackamas Park. Well. Which is a place where beauty is found, apparently. <laughs> and and uh, she refused to do so. By the way, I'd like to thank you for getting through that whole previous story without saying, you know, watching the crowd like a hawk. Yes. Hawk. All right. Then uh, Josh Harnett and his gal pal uh, call 911 because he's throwing up and has diarrhea. Hello, this is LA City Fire Department. Is this uh, uh, 8221 Summit Sunset Boulevard and at the Chateau Marymount in Room 69? Yeah. What, what seems to be the problem there, ma'am? Yeah, he's just got really sick in the stomach. Oh, okay. All right, and how old is he? Uh, he's 30. How old? 30. 30 years old, okay. Is, is he conscious right now? Is he awake? Yeah. Wait, really, 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 really came really fast. Hello. Yeah. Is he? He is. He is awake. He's conscious. Breathing. Yeah, yeah. He's okay, but his stomach right. hurts a lot. He's coming right now. Two seconds. Hello. Hello, sir. This is LA City Fire Department. What seems to be the problem tonight? Um, Your stomach hurts a, a lot. Uh, it's something that uh, I think I've had before. Otherwise, it's food poisoning. Uh, but what, what's your main complaint? It's your stomach that that, that hurts it's a lot. It's only my stomach. Yeah, it's okay. it's, it's, it's you know it's it's diarrhea and it's throwing up and it's going it's going pretty. Okay, well, I've already. I sent just threw up a couple of times and I feel a little bit better, but I'm really shaky. And I know yeah. when this happened to me before, I just didn't stop. So I got I got help on the way. Okay, okay so what you need to do is just please put yourself in a position that is comfortable for you. Please don't eat or drink anything right now. Okay. All right. Wait, are, what, what kind of help are you guys sending in? Paramedics. Oh, paramedics, great, okay. Don't, don't eat or drink anything. Just keep yourself in a position that is uh, comfortable for you. Any medicine you take, let's get that out. Let's show the paramedics. And if you do feel like your condition is getting worse before we get there, call me right back on 911 next time, okay? We're on the way. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> wow. So that is so that's Josh Hartnett. And who's the other? Is that his? Uh, is there Mrs. Hartnett? His lady friend. I don't. It doesn't specify who that lady was at I the shot. I don't think he's married. It's, a, it's an unknown woman. And so he's calling nine one one because he has diarrhea and he's throwing <laughs> because up. Because he's throwing up and he's having an issue with his stool. 
Well, that's great. It's good to see that Hollywood doesn't give you a flawed perspective on your needs versus reality. That's, that's fantastic. Oh, my God, I'm looking at a baby. All right, it's 503-733-2970. It is The Rick Emerson Show. Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley later on. Lost in 408 with Sarah Dillon and Chris Paddock. Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. And we'll do the top five monkey songs, ladies and gentlemen. It's The Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is Thursday morning. It's 503-733-2970. Don't forget, coming up tonight, 730 at The Mission, which is 16th and Gleason in Northwest. KUFO's Rockin' the Red Shirts Party, which is uh, in aid of uh, passes to the upcoming premiere of Star Trek, which happens May 7th. Wait, 7th? 2nd. Duh. Don't have the copy point in front of Oh, me. no, That's no, it fault. comes out my, uh, everywhere on the 7th, so I think we're on the 2nd. Our premiere is May 2nd, which yeah. is five days ahead of everybody else. So the uh, yeah, the premiere for everybody else, for mere mortals, is May 7th. Uh, KUFO is going to be premiering Star Trek on May 2nd. So if you want to see five days ahead of everybody else, the deal is you go to the mission tonight, 16th and Northwest Gleason. Free admission, but you got to be 21 and over. The deal is you go there, you wear a red shirt, and just by doing that, you are entered to win a pair of passes to see Star Trek at the KUFO premiere five days ahead of everybody else. That is tonight. At the mission, 16th and Gleason Stovacore, the Klingon metal band, is going to be uh, performing at amusements of all varieties. And so we that will is be there tonight. too. And we will be there as well, pressing the flesh as only we can do. And wearing red Sarah. shirts. I we should bring a live hawk. <laughs> <laughs> That'd make it more interesting. <laughs> come, come, pet our live hawk. Dude, we're going to have a uh, we're going to have a wild boar and also a komodo dragon will be there. Please uh, come on we out. Bring and that cobra back. See our mascots in person, won't you, please? The, you showed me a still photograph of uh, was it the it was it was it the Atlanta Hawks? Yes. So the Atlanta Hawks. So this is where they they bring the hawk out, and let me understand this. So the, the, theoretically, the hawk is some sort of a like a winged boomerang where it's yeah. supposed to fly out and go around the crowd and then come back and then return to its handler to its handler. It did not this time. It did not. So the arousing handler, suspicion from the tired crowd. And it's surprising, apparently, to everybody that when the handler finally releases the hawk from its enslavement at the hands of its human masters, the hawk says, well, like, F this. I'm just going to stay Five gone. Five seconds of flying is fine for me. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I don't wish to have fresh air or any sort of a life of my own choosing. Please bring outside me back to my wild. cage. That's where I belong. Can I please uh, fly around inside a coliseum filled with stale air and the smell of uh, ass and sweat? That would be fantastic. Wonderful. So they let the hawk go at the game, mm-hmm. which I guess is like the pregame ritual or something. Um, the hawk then flies up, it lands on the scoreboard, and you show me a photograph of this, and I don't know how big it is. I mean, it's, it's hard to get a sense of scale. It says it flies down for the rafters during the pregame introductions. That's all it has to do. Well, maybe they didn't tell the hawk it had to return. Well, it's not trained as well as a monkey. It probably can't change CDs yet. No, no, it can't. Uh, it's only skill, I would think, is eyeball removal at this uh, at this juncture. Oh, come on. Um, so, so the well, pho- I think that's what they do best. So there's a photograph. Well, you've got to be good at something, Tim. So there's a photograph of the hawk sitting on top of the scoreboard, and it is looking out as though to be like, now I shall strike back for all of my enslaved all brethren. These, all these yummy eyeballs. <laughs> Humans. Who will be my next victim? <laughs> What succulent morsel shall I obtain first? Blue eyes, brown eyes, uh, maybe some of each. They all go, they always go right for the blue eyes, Tim. Uh, so there's so then the handler, I guess, presumably has to go up there and what, throw throw a rope around it or something. All right. 
Uh, apparently, it coaxed it back. So the, having to use did the room. players just uh, were they just pussies about it? Did the players? Yes, just, they were. They were. We're not going to go play on the court. There's a wild animal with a razor sharp beak and talons up on the scoreboard. You know what? Pansies. You know, seriously, if the hawk has to go out and fly for our amusement, why don't your your lazy ass go throw a ball for everybody else? Yeah, the hawk is also making like millions of dollars by bouncing around a little inflated ball. Seriously, I mean, the hawk is just you know the hawk gets you know like I would say you know half a cup of grubs and then it gets to go fly around as Tim said and experience a sweet taste of airborne uh, uh, freedom for oh i don't know 6 7 seconds then back in a cage with a with like a, like a hood over it so all right. Well, as we did uh, with the monkey in Salem, we're rooting uh, for the hawk uh, this time. Maybe around. next time. All right. Tim Riley is at the news desk, ladies and gentlemen. Here on the in the news with Tim Riley. So we just found out that Condoleezza Rice approved of the CIA waterboarding in 2002. I thought it was Dick Cheney. Then I thought it was George W. Bush. I get the Does feeling- everyone get a chance to approve waterboarding? Well, it's uh, it's like a door prize for getting into the administration. I get the feeling they were all just sitting around a poker table, uh, and they got like a text uh, from some guy in Guantanamo Bay, you know, want to waterboard guy, yes, no. <laughs> and they were all like, I don't know, what do you think? And the, you know, and she probably went, like, because she's evil and hot, but I mean mostly evil. I mean, you could tell- Whatever happened to her? I don't know. Did she just turn the keys over to Hillary to whatever she has keys to? The last time I remember seeing Condoleezza Rice, we talked about this, how she sort of vanished at one point. Mm-hmm. The last time I remember seeing Condoleezza Rice, wasn't she visiting Germany or something? She was always visiting somewhere. I mean, which seemed, and every time I saw her on the news, it was like the Imperial March would just sort of play in my head because she always seemed to, do you remember this? Do you remember Condoleezza Rice? In, 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 when you picture her in, in, in your imagination, do you remember her wearing like a floor-length black leather overcoat and like huge black boots? Oh, that was for the trip to Germany. See? It was going to play well with the crowd. Because I guess she, did. Looked, she had like a very Teutonic look going on, and that is exactly how I picture Condoleezza Rice. Like that is the default setting for her in my head. Right. Just like when I think of Madonna, I always think of like a prayer Madonna. When I think of Condoleezza Rice, I always think of like... Uh, well, there, there were two ways to dress in Germany, as a dominatrix or as a cannibal. I... I was actually just going to say, she looked as though she should have been having, like, uh, the heel to one of her boots being uh, sucked by some guy, you know, who works at a oh. bank somewhere, you know, while she puts out a cigarette on his back and calls him a bad little girl. And that's the way that she always appears. So the idea that Condoleezza Rice would approve waterboarding and probably uh, with gusto does not surprise me at all. It, By the way, it is interesting to note that there is a complete lack of of uh, outcry on the left uh, for Barack Obama to be held to the same standard that they held George W. Bush because apparently it seems to me, and this is just the small slice of personal philosophy that I can uh, put forth here. It seems to me that torturing people is either illegal or it's not. And it's either against international law or it's not. And if it is, then everybody ought to be held uh, accountable, including Barack Obama, who just said flat out two days ago that he's not going to prosecute anybody who did it. So, you know, it, it, it seems like it's a thing that's either legal to do or it's e- e- illegal. So if torturing people isn't illegal, then they ought to get off George Bush's back about it. If torturing people is illegal, then Barack Obama ought to be held to the same standard and they ought to demand that he prosecute everybody. And if he doesn't, he's no better than George W. Bush. So, you know, F him. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Meanwhile, Hillary says global warming is just like losing weight. You know, oftentimes when you face such an overwhelming challenge as global climate changes, it can be somewhat daunting. It's kind of like trying to lose weight, which I know something about. Well, she's every woman. The best part is how it cuts off immediately after her audio so that you don't have to hear like the 
the awkward pause. Silence. But that silence was then picked up by us. We replicated uh, the complete and uh, abject lack of laughter that undoubtedly uh, happened in the room. And what does that even mean when she says that's something I know something I think about? She's trying to like associate with the common folk. Yeah. But I mean, that only really works like if like if Jared from Subway was the Secretary of State, then the joke makes sense. Or like James Coco or somebody. But she was puffy for a while there. Ah, she's puffy now. When's the last time you took a good long look at her? Over a long year. Time. No, she's uh, she's stocky, is what she is. She's not. I mean, she's not fat as such. Um, don't you think? Because don't you think that fat implies a sort of um, fat implies a sort of soft, rounded kind of squishiness. Like, I think it implies a big appetite. Well, no, but that's not true. I would say that lots of people have big appetites, but are perhaps, uh, but are perhaps not fat. You know what I mean? I would say the two things don't necessarily go together. I guess my well, point well, is you have to use some self restraint, obviously. When I think of fat, though, like you could see how at a certain point, uh, like when she was kind of letting herself go in the midst of uh, the whole uh, scandal, Monica Lewinsky was kind of, you know, she was approaching uh, like indisputably fat uh, territory because she was again, it was, but it was very cherubic. Whereas Hillary Clinton just. You know what she looks like now? I mean, maybe they caught, maybe it was like a weird angle. Maybe they were shooting her from like the wrong side or something. Mm. But I was watching her on TV last night. They were, she was talking about, it might have been this. She was talking about something or other. And, um, they shot her from like just, I mean, slightly below, which is like that Lenny Riefenstahl thing, which I guess they do to try to make you look sort of towering and imposing. But instead oh, the of Olive, Olive North shot, but it Olive always Olive just North. gives you like a double chin. That's yeah. the thing. But they were showing Hillary and she just looks squat. That's what I would describe her as looking. She looks like a squat woman at this point. And so uh, perhaps it was just like, perhaps her shading was all wrong or something. But um, squat. she That's seems to be word. broadening. Have you ever done this? Do you ever not see somebody for a while? And then when you see them, it, you swear that their head has changed shape. Anyone? Like, uh, like Jerry Lewis? Well, no, no, no. See, I his, know people have the pumpkin head like. Well, no, his his head did change shape, actually. That's not an illusion. That's because he was on the steroids, but right? But he, he, he tries to live up to the illusion by only showing uh, a caricature of him drawn in 1952, and you wonder, who is that? <laughs> Why do they keep showing pictures of some skinny guy with a pointy nose next to him? <laughs> Why do they keep showing this uh, Why do they keep showing this Al Hirsch line drawing? Is this of somebody I, uh, I'm, I'm unclear? Is it, uh, I can't, I can't, is it, is it, no, no, is it Zac Efron? I can't. Exactly. He, ought to just, he ought to walk around with that line drawing just held in front of his face when he goes on television. Sort of like how Nancy Cartwright would have to like hold up a, like a like a towel over her face when she would talk like Bart Simpson. I mean, or there's something really bizarre about that. No, no, no. Jer- no, Jerry Lewis had a big, huge. He he looked like one of those uh, the kids with the like the head full of uh, full of water. He looked like one of those kids because he was on because uh, he had like a Percocet thing, but then he was on steroids for something or other, and it uh, you know it makes you all. You know, and I think it actually does like you retain fluid that makes you all spongy or whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where you, you haven't seen somebody in maybe a few months and you swear that like their skull has changed shape. Like Sarah and I actually just a couple weeks ago, you and I, um, how do I put this? Whose skull has changed? Well, I shouldn't say in the air. Sarah and I were, um, where were we? Uh, about 10 days. Let me put it this way. You and I saw a colleague about 10 days ago. And it was someone who looked for all the world like like the skull had been, like someone had elongated this person's head. Like Violet Beauregard style, he'd been put in the in the, in the, in the stretching machine. I remember conversation, but I can't remember who it was about. I'll, uh, I'll tell you during okay. the, uh, I'll so during the break. So their skull has been stretched? It looked, it was a person that we that we know who works in, in, in media. Um, I remember. 
And yeah. yeah, see, and it was like his skull at one point was shaped like a normal sort of human skull, but it it had a little bit of a like a, uh, like a like a silly putty head, and someone had just like pulled it in both directions. It had a bit of an like a bit of an Igor, uh, you know, go fill up this sack. Uh, kind of look. I mean, there's just no, there's no way around it. Uh, Bob, I couldn't help noticing you're a silly putty head. Is there something you'd like to tell us? I can't help but notice that your skull has been stretched out into an altogether off-putting uh, shape. Was this intentional? When do we return? I'm looking at the phones here. This one just says, this is what I call specificity of screening. Eric is seeking the show's advice regarding a very strange note he received on his doorstep. I like what I'm hearing. That is compelling. All right, uh, Nibbler, let uh, let him know uh, that we'll talk to him as soon as we get back here. All right. It's 503-733-2970. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Rick Emerson. All boobs are his niche. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO, thank you for joining us. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up uh, tonight, 7.30 p.m. at The Mission, which is at 16th and Gleason in Northwest. It is KUFO's Rockin' the Red Shirts party. Uh, you show up tonight, 21 and over, but it's free to get in. All you got to do is wear a red shirt, and you will be entered to win a pair of passes to the Star Trek KUFO Portland premiere. Portland premiere of Star Trek, which is May 2nd, five days uh, before everybody else gets to see it. Also happening tonight, Klingon metal band Stovacor will be performing. Uh, we'll be there. Court and Fatboy will be there. So you ought to, uh, you ought to come by. And we want to thank uh, Aaron Duran of geekinthecity.com for helping to uh, coordinate a lot of the details on this as well. Geek in the city. Dot com. We're going to be Ladies interviewing folks, too, if you're lucky enough. That's right. You may be interviewed <laughs> by Tim Riley uh, on camera for the amusement and uh, education of your peers. So uh, that is tonight at 730 at Mission, 16th and Gleason in Northwest. All right. Uh, when we last left the Rick Emerson show, I said this. Eric is seeking the show's advice regarding a very strange note he received on his doorstep. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Eric, hello. Hi. Hello, sir. All right. Um, let me preface this by saying I live in Clackamas, and I don't know if that has something to do with it, but uh, it I always up, does. Yeah. <laughs> I woke up this morning and uh, at uh, and I left to go to work, and as soon as I went out the front door, there was a little note written on a piece of construction paper in uh, different colors of crayon, and it said, uh, "Would you like some cheese with that corn?" And I'm like, "Okay, what the hell is this?" And I look over, and it's on my neighbor's doorstep in a different colored crayon, and the paper has been cut out in different shapes. So <laughs> so when you say the paper has been cut in different shapes, you mean the actual piece of construction paper has been altered to, to be in the shape of, like, whatever, like a triangle or something? Yes, like beans and or whatever, shoes. It's weird. Uh, it, I don't know if I live near the Riddler or something, but it was on the people on the second floor as well. How many total houses do you know that had this note put on the front this morning? <laughs> uh, the four on the uh, the second floor has two apartments, and the third floor has two apartments. We all had this, this note on it. So you, over in a different color. That's freaky. A piece of construction paper on which in crayon were written the words, Would you like some cheese with that corn? Yes, sir. Tim, anything? <laughs> I, I'm not familiar with the social mores of Clackamas. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you. I, I thought maybe I thought maybe it was Tim because I'm not a vegetarian and I eat cheese and I don't know if you are you angry at me Tim? 
No, I've never been down to. I haven't been. I used to go to the Clackamas Park there to walk my dog at one time, but I haven't been down there in a long time. Here's the thing: is I feel like a big failure because having looked at this before we went to the break, all I knew was what it said on the screen, which is the note regarding a, or you know, help regarding a note on your doorstep. And I thought I was. I thought the note was going to be something like you know, keep you know, keep your car out of you know off the curb, or we'll have it towed away, or did, or it was just going to be some sort of quit looking in my blinds late at night. But this just is really. This makes no sense at all. Yeah, Have you well, had a chance to ask any of your neighbors about this? Oh, well, no, 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 no. Hell no. No, they they sleep until uh, until the cows come home, being that we live in Clackamas. Oh, well, of course. Cows no, everywhere. No, I, no, I, I, checks don't, don't arrive until 2. I leave at like 4.15 in the morning. So. Because you have a job, because you are gainfully employed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, when I get home, I'm sure the notes will all be gone. And, uh, I'll, I'm, you know, it's weird, isn't it? What the hell does that do, mean? Let me ask you this. Does it... Were they? Can you tell that they were all done by hand? In other words, it wasn't like it was somehow xeroxed or like a pre, like a like a card, like a uh, something that was duplicated. Was it? Were they all done individually? Do you think? Yeah, I, I believe so. Well, they were written in different colors of crayon. That is really bizarre. I have Sarah. Anything? No, I have no idea. Mine was written in like blue and yellow, and the guy next to me was written in like red and green. Now, did it look like adult handwriting, or is it like a child's handwriting? It looks like adult handwriting. I think somebody's being retarded. I don't know, but it's. it's I'm not scared, but it's. Uh, it's just odd. Weird. Yeah, I have. Well, I was kind of disappointed because I'm like, well, now I have to tell them it's not something that's like violent or overtly threatening, but. What the hell? No, that's even that's worse than like I'll kill you. Instead, no, you like have some like weird obscure note on your door. I think that's a little. Seriously, that means that crazy was right outside your doorstep. Seriously, maybe like, they're handwritten notes from the mayor of Clackamas before he seeks re-election. <laughs> I mean, if, yeah, I, I mean, it's one thing if it's a note like you know, if you keep playing that stereo so loud, I'm going to come over and I'm going to shoot you in the face. Like that's at least you kind of know where you stand. But if somebody leaves leaves a note in your door that's like you know. The cow is in the den. The fat man flies alone. Yeah, the, you know, yeah, the, the fat man walks at night or whatever. Yeah, I've heard uh, well, okay. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on hold, and uh, Greg's going to uh, get your contact info. And if we can uh, turn over any rocks and discover what this is about, we'll uh, we'll get you back on, and we'll try to explicate oh. things for you, sir. Brilliant, Greg. Thank you. By all the right. way, hello, Sarah. Hello, Tim. Hello. hello. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening, sir. You're welcome. All right. Hold on there. That's uh, Eric. Uh, Greg, you want to get Eric's uh, contact info? Yeah, that's creepy. Right. And it's on construction paper, and it says, would you like... Some cheese with that corn. And if it's like different colored crayons and stuff, that takes time. Well, it is gen- a generous offer. I suppose. All right. Uh, just ahead, we'll talk to uh, Sean about the new Left for Dead download, the survival pack, uh, which, by the way, which I downloaded and installed uh, last night. Of course you did. Here's Tim Riley at the uh, news desk. In the news with Tim Riley. Can you believe that there's... Craigslist crime in Tacoma? No. Yes. We're not just the media trying to stir up trouble. It is true. An ad on Craigslist was a bait, and the mother and son were the victims. Mother and son responded to an ad. This was an advertisement for a car for sale in Tacoma, next to the Tacoma Mall. When they arrived, there was no car, only a man with a hammer waiting to rob them. With a hammer. <laughs> a hammer? Yeah. And by the way. That's not funny. I'm sorry. No, it's, I mean, were well, they injured? Tacoma. Were they injured? Yes, but oh. it, they have oh. to get used to this type of thing. Well, they're in Tacoma, too. Uh, so, uh. Where mall is always spelled M-A-U-L. So they, they have the cash at 10 o'clock at night, which is a bad idea. Wait, hold on. So they answer an ad to go next to the Tacoma Mall at 10 o'clock at night. Is that where there have been, like, buy, shooting sprees? To buy or... a car for 5000 You're thinking of the Lloyd. No. You're, uh, this Hyundai Court is $5,000. They managed to negotiate it to $3,600 down. When they met and shook hands with the alleged car owner, the man pulled out a hammer. The man was going after the son with a hammer while the mother hid. Moments later, the attacker gave up and ran away. Hammer? I barely knew her. And he left the hammer behind. 
So there's just a lot of ignorance to go around here, really, on all sides of the equation. I keep thinking of MC Hammer jokes, and it's awful. Me too. That was like a was, please, uh, please, Hammer, hammer don't, don't hurt me. Him. Him. Oh, God. No, that was, I was going to do that too. Or just the, uh, or that, the, the Pepsi commercial where he's, uh, where he, he comes out on stage and he starts to sing feelings. And then the kid in the front row goes, Hammer! And hands him like the Pepsi. And then he, and then he brings the funk. That, uh, or, you know, Hammer. I barely knew her. Anyway, uh, th- th- here's the thing about that is I believe Tacoma, which is really just a glittering jewel of the Northwest in every way. Wasn't that where they they just like a whole a guy's whole house got carted away by meth thieves after they put a thing on Craigslist? It like, was. Whole house for free. Come I, take I, it. I think it was here. What was it? I thought it was Tacoma. Maybe it, it just sounds like a thing. But it could in happen Tacoma. in Tacoma. Tacoma really is a uh, that's a happening place as far as crime goes lately. Do we have time to uh, do the monkey story here? Then we have to come back for that. Uh, we, we need to get this call. Uh, well, let's do this. I'll need two minutes. Then straight ahead. Uh, we'll take this call straight ahead. We'll have Tim Riley back. It's like the, the monkey story desk. guarantees. Right. And uh, in the next hour, we will have today's top five. Top five monkey songs uh, of all time. Uh, we'll do the uh, Lost in 408 segment with Sarah Dillon and Chris Paddock and uh, Kelly Clark from the Willamette later on in the show. Uh, hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, Rick Emerson, Sarah Dillon, Tim Riley. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Uh, Hopefully Sarah will keep you in check about the, the zombie stuff because she was gone on Friday and you went on a big rant on zombie stuff. It became a whole thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how is the Left 4 Dead uh, downloadable content? Is it everything we ever wished? Well, here's the thing. Now, do you play Left 4 Dead? Yes, I do. Uh, I just haven't got the new content yet. Uh, PC or, or Xbox? Xbox. All right. So I downloaded – I got a, a text message from our friend, uh, mailman Chris, the other day. He was like, hey, the survival uh, pack is, is up for – uh, for Left 4 Dead. And so Left 4 Dead is a first-person shooter for the Xbox 360, and it's fantastic, by the way. Um, maybe the maybe the best I've ever played in some in some uh, ways. In, in, there there's certain facets of the game that are just as good as I've ever seen anything executed. Um, but he said there's new content, which means you go online and it's like an it's like an addition or an expansion pack or something. And it's called the Survival Pack. And it, to be honest, I felt like kind of an old person because I downloaded it and then I launched it and started playing it. And I kept looking around for like a like a manual or something so I could figure out like what was going on, because I I think the deal and maybe somebody else can clarify this. I guess the deal with the new Left for Dead expansion, the survival pack, is it's there are no new maps first of all, at least that I saw. It was just the existing four maps, but it's almost like um, if you if you all remember the the early days of like Doom or Quake, it's almost like you're doing sort of a deathmatch thing where it's just you in a small section of a map, all the doors are sealed. And there's a time limit, and it's like four minutes or something. And so you, what it basically does is it takes you and the other three players, it drops you into, let's say, the middle of the hospital. All the doors are sealed, so you're basically stuck in one small wing of the map. There's a lot of health and guns and everything laying around. And then there's like a 30-second head start, and then the zombies just start pouring in. And the deal is to try to stay alive for like six minutes. And then uh, in that six-minute period, you rack up as many kills as you can, and then you go online, and it puts you on a leaderboard, and you compare with other players or whatever. So it really is just like some it, – it's almost like playing a demo of the game. It's uh, I, I Maybe I'm missing something, but it's kind of – it's not that it's bad. It's just sort of under underwhelming. I expected it to be more. Uh, sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, it's – you know, but it's free. So, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Um, uh, one more thing. Uh, Greg Nibbler needs a Nibbler sounder ASAP. Oh, from from Futurama? Yes, I know. I'm. I'm. I feel kind of bad that I haven't there's, done that. There's so many good one-liners that he does that. Well, eons sure. ago, our people traveled across the universe. I'll get on that, sir. My, my favorite is uh, past mastification when he's talking to Fry about being his own grandpa. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> right, there you go, Futurama for the win. All right, it is the Rick Emerson show. Straight ahead, Tim Riley has We're going more to Monkey College. Yeah.
The Simpsons are going to monkey college. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Yeah, it's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. That yeah was because I was trying to reach over and uh, turn up my headphones and I was all, yeah, this is sound to fill the time while I lean over here and adjust this knob. It's 503-733-2970. Straight ahead news with Tim Riley featuring uh, your monkey watch, which now has to I mean, is spread in like nine different parts uh, over the whole show. Because the because uh, there's great interest in it. And, that's right. And we learn more every day on the monkey watch. I think at some point the monkey watch is going to have to either be, uh, we're either going to have to be make it, uh, I think we have to broaden it out at some point and we'll just have some sort of animal uprising watch. Because we got that business of the hawk, the hawk. Uh, in Atlanta, uh, which apparently was, is there? do we know if there's video coverage? Maybe showing the terrified faces of the uh, sporting event patrons as they wondered uh, which of them was going to be the next meal for I this wish. hungry creature. I was looking for a video, but in case you didn't know it, this hawk is a real-life hawk for the Atlanta Hawks. They used to have somebody dressed up as a hawk in the costume, but they got a real one. And the thing it's supposed to do is to fly during the, the uh, introductions at the beginning of the game and then fly back to the master. And last night, it did not want to do so. So they stopped the game because the thing is looking down, wondering, whose eyeball should I tear off before I return to my master? And someone in Britain said that it wasn't on the scoreboard, but on the backboard. So the players oh, were refusing to play. Oh, that's even more terrible. Because, you because try- they, they couldn't throw the ball at the backboard. Because, well, yeah. Well, and especially if you, I mean, you try to like dunk or something. Hit the hawk. I mean... <laughs> That's a that's for that's a five point shot. Yes. Um, well, because who knows? I mean, he they might have thought maybe with some some logic that the hawk might have looked at the basket. You know, there's the the netting or the mesh, and the hawk might have gone, "It's my new nest." Uh, you know, and of course you just go lunging at the hawk's. Uh, you're gonna you know nest. You're gonna pull back a stumpy hand. Uh, hello, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson show on this Thursday. How can I help you? Hello. 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 It's you, sir. Right. Hey. Hey. Had more details on that uh, Left for Dead thing for you. Yeah, Left for Dead for the uh, for the 360. Yeah, it's just a software update from Marketplace, and uh, from what I've read about it, I haven't downloaded it yet. It's uh, it's um, a, the survival mode. It has no time limit. You just go as long as you possibly can. So if you have a good team with you, you can go on for hours. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a huge, you know, Xbox Live leaderboard. All and right. You're just you're competing for time. And you're and really, let's just be honest. It's like, let's call it what it is. This is like that Xbox Live achievement uh, score that you can rack up. Which I have a, a friend of my friend Chris is just like he's got some massive Xbox Live achievement, uh, you know, number. You know, like five hundred skillion or whatever. And I said, well, like, and he, and he actually called him somebody. Go, he goes, well, I'm just such an Xbox achievement whore. And I said, well, okay. I said, well, what what can you do with that? Like, is that a thing that you can turn it at some point and like they'll send you a desk lamp? And right. he said, he goes. No, it's it's just a brag, and I was like, "Well, okay, have fun with that." And so that's so that's really what this is. So I'll put you on a leaderboard, uh, just so I can I can lord my left for dead expertise over uh, other lifeless nerds across the country. Yes, not not that not that there's not something to be said for that. Um, I'm this is sort of like a, a flashback to uh, when I was an Atari kid growing up, and Atari had this whole thing where if you hit a, a, like above a certain score, and then you took a photograph of it and you sent it to Atari, they would then send you a patch like a like a um, uh, like a merit badge patch or whatever when you were a Boy Scout that you could stitch onto your clothing. And I used to play this Activision racing game called Enduro, and I was always like, I'm going to get an Enduro patch, and then everybody will bow before. Me and I look back now and I realize there were some uh, there were some flaws in that logic. So, all right, you should download though. I mean, it's it, the one thing I will say about it is it's fast paced because you're locked into a room. So it is. Uh, I will give you that the 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 pace accelerates a lot. So I will definitely download it when I get home today. Well, thank you, my friend.
Thank you. All right, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, I was going to say he's an achievement whore of news, but that doesn't make any sense. He's Tim Riley at the news desk. In the news with Tim Riley. So let's see what's going on quickly here. A man exposes himself to a woman at Clackamas Park, asks her to join him. She declines. Yeah. Uh, Josh Harnett calls 911 over stomach pains in diarrhea. We'll play that back a little bit later. <laughs> Six souvenirs. While his bride was on picking out monogram sheets, the accused Craigslist killer was collecting his victim's underwear. And he cut off a piece of a book and stashed it inside. The book, Grey's Anatomy. Then Craigslist CEO says he's horrified that his website has become the preferred, be- greeting, uh, preferred breeding ground for kinky sex killers. But there's not much he can do about it now. Time now for the Monkey Watch. Here's your Monkey Watch Part 7 uh, for this Thursday on the Rick Emerson Show. <laughs> so this is a continuing saga of the man and his monkey. You know this story. You've been watching TV. The man and Salem's monkey was taken away because the little girl who was told to stay away from my, my monkey had to tease the monkey and got scratched. So the monkey has been sent back to Monkey College. Where it came from, there is a monkey college in Boston. Uh, these monkeys come from Helping Hands Monkey Helpers. They're a nonprofit organization uh, serving people with uh, injuries and impairments. And these monkeys are very intelligent. As a matter of fact, if you can right now, go to my website at RileyLive.com because we're going to play this video. And we know a lot of you are in the car, so the first thing when you get to work, play it because that's the first thing you want to do. This is uh, RileyLive.com. That's Tim's website. So we're going to play uh, a piece of this video. That shows these fascinating things that these monkeys are trained to do. So if my pot is up, here we go. B-room. In the B-room, Jennifer and Ashley demonstrate the more complicated tasks in the room. Are Jennifer and Ashley, Ashley monkeys? Is in her oh. This is Jennifer. Ashley is the monkey, I hope. This is our B-room. And in this room, this is where Ashley was introduced to the cage and to the wheelchair. Oh, Ashley's the monkey. She starts to learn to manipulate more objects. So she's putting a straw in a bottle. tasks such as... How to put a drink in a drink holder. And she how is. to manipulate CDs to put in CD players. She's putting a CD in a recorder. refrigerators and starting to learn some more advanced tasks. So she's learned the principles to put the CD in there. So in this, in the B room, she's learning now to fine tune the task. That is fantastic. Right, one more time, huh? Would you prefer Kenny Rogers or Coldplay? So she's going to the CD rack, taking the CD. Get a girl. Right there. Putting it in the CD player. Through positive reinforcement, monkeys like Ashley become adept at using equipment, buttons, and switches that okay, can eventually you pause come that for a second. This is uh, the monkey is choosing a CD to put in the CD player, and then is uh, pushing the button for the CD tray to slide back That's in. Freaking me out! Why does it? Why is no one just agog at this? We, this is the first time we've heard Monkeys of it. Monkeys always crazily fascinate you. But, but, but because it... I have to stop and get a hold of myself. It cut... Well... Because they, it's unbelievable. Like the, like the fact that there was that gorilla in, in the zoo in California that can talk. I mean, why does no one go, there's a freaking talking monkey? Well, you know the theory of evolution, right? I understand that. I, I'm saying I'm freaked out by it and it weirds me out. But doesn't you... Don't, look, but look, this is... It, does, this it is, is kind of freaky. If, you're not, ger- if a gerbil started to talk to you, wouldn't you find that weird? But not all monkeys go to college. <laughs> this this monkey's education costs $10,000. Now, who puts away well, they have to $10,000 to educate their monkey? They have to have sufficient but extracurricular interest. smarter than your monkey. <laughs> this is like the Harvard for monkeys. It's monkey college. Statistically speaking, Tim, it's probably harder to get into than Harvard. 
That that is true. Steve O uh, attempted to get into, but was rejected for uh, admission at Monkey College. I guess th- th- my issue here is well, like when they show a monkey picking out music to listen to, mm-hmm. putting it in the CD player, hitting start, and then sitting back and relaxing. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. And, and no, it's seriously, happen- like I mean, it, like if there was a ferret that could do that, you'd be like, that is not right, and it's freaking me out. And yet the fact that monkeys can do it, and nobody just stands up and says, okay, this is it. They're they're rising against us. Okay, now it's, now it's time for the monkey to make lunch. For the monkeys at Helping Hands, and in here we do things that are pretty complex, like. Loading DVD and CD players. Now the monkeys go to the microwave. Containers, um, scratching itches on people's faces, and still uh-huh. a lot of cuddling and playing. Okay. Now the monkey is wiping her face oh, with a sponge. Boy. Can you do hand? Had a boy washing Webster. hands. Look. The monkey is washing oh, her hands. Now he's putting on her glasses. Okay, this is why you've got to stay on the right side of the monkey, though, because he's he's taking oh, out the magazine. Better open, good job. Oh, a monkey after completing their. I'm just saying, like a gentle wipe, that turns into a savage beating of your face uh, if you're just if you're on the wrong side of that simian. So uh, these are all things we well, have. Well, you to keep can't in mind. go as far as the line. You've no. got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> Flu glasses, mu- soft drinks are fine, I suppose. But once you get into the wine thing, then it gets a little weird. It was my fault. I shouldn't have given the monkey. Like any. some crazy monkey lady. Hard, hard alcohol. Uh, all right, five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. More from Monkey College. Uh, straight ahead on the Rick Emerson Show. Also, Tim Riley uh, will have more news for us. Kelly Clark will be here from the Willamette Week. Lost in four eight with Chris Paddock and Sarah Dillon. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from MrSkin dot com, the online celebrity nudity database. Our good friend Mr. Skin. Hello and greetings to you, sir. Hey, Rick. Hey, everyone. It's an uh, incredible week for. Uh uh, celebrity nudity, so much nudity, so little time, so let me get started. Uh, first of all, there's a movie that opens in theaters tomorrow called The Informers, which is a Brett Easton Ellis no- uh, novel, uh, based on Brett Easton Ellis' novel. He's the guy that did Less Than Zero, an American mm-hmm. Psycho. Uh, it has Billy Bob Thornton, Mickey Rourke in the movie, but the good news is it's, uh, if you know who Amber Heard is, she was the hot blonde in Pineapple Express, and uh, she was on the cover of Maxim Magazine uh, about six months ago. She is naked six times in this movie, so not only is it a, a cool uh, movie, but great nudity from Amber Heard. The Informers opens in theaters tomorrow. But the big, big news, uh, theater release-wise, is Powder Blue finally hits theaters tomorrow. It's the movie where Jessica Biel makes her nude debut. She Fantastic. plays a stripper, and at the hour and six-minute mark... Uh, uh, we finally see her topless. Now, you know, nude debuts are big at MrSkin.com, but when it's someone of the popularity of a Jessica Biel, it's, it's that Well, because she more held special. out for a long time. She was always on, like, the top ten list of, like, chicks who ought to be nude but, but right. have a bit or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. And she's, uh, I could finally scratch that one off the list. So uh, Powder Blue opens in theaters tomorrow. We've had lots of uh, uh, searches and interest at MrSkin.com, checking it out. Uh, it's pretty great. Great stuff. So uh, Powder Blue, Jessica Biel, Naked. Uh, you can see that at our website. And then uh, The Wrestlers out on DVD came out Tuesday. That's the movie where Marissa Tomei plays a stripper and uh, has tons of nudity. Uh, three great nude scenes in there. She was 44, Rick, when she did that uh, movie. And you would think she was 24 when you see her body. It's ridiculous. Yeah, she doesn't so, look bad at all. Oh, no, not at all. And uh, great nudity. That is a uh, DVD. And one other last thing new on DVD is Notorious, which is about the life and death of Notorious B.I.G., that came out this week, and a girl named Naturi Naughton plays Little Kim, and uh, it, 
early consideration for my best breast awards when I do my anatomy awards. Uh, if you don't mind the fact that she's having sex with a 300-pound man, it's a, it's a great uh, uh, nude scene. <laughs> so notorious with Notori Naughton. So you have Informers, Amber Heard Nude, Powder Blue, Jessica Biel, The Wrestler, Marissa Tomei, and Notorious with Great Breasts from Notori Naughton. All this week, great week for nudity. Excellent. As always, my friend, you are doing the Lord's work. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank Take you, care. sir. Bye. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. There you go. That's wonderful. All right. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO straight ahead. Uh, we have more from Tim Riley, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week, and the top five monkey songs, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show. And it's just waiting for instructions from its creator before actually spawning. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up this hour, Lost in 408 with Sarah Dillon and Christopher Paddock. Uh, Tim Riley just ahead with the news. Later on, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week will be here, and we'll do the top five monkey songs. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Uh, so we've got other, so people are sending me uh, nibbler uh, sound bites from Futurama. So we will endeavor to uh, have some sort of a sounder put together for our friend uh, Greg Nibbler, who is on the uh, phones uh, sometime within the next uh, next day or two. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't made one yet. No, I haven't. And you know, the other thing is, I've also completely and totally failed to play the uh, the Simpsons, the Planet of the Apes uh, musical uh, songs, where there's the uh, the Rock Me Doctor Zayas uh, thing. So I don't know, I'm a, a terrible person. So I'm a bad Simpsons fan. I will uh, we'll get that uh, on sometime for the okay. end of the day, just so we can scratch the mental musical itch for everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it is Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. What's going on today? Let's take a look at the headlines. Condoleezza Rice approved of CIA waterboarding in 2002, to the surprise of no one. Uh, then we have elderly bingo players brawling over nickels. We'll hear more about that in uh, just a few minutes. Josh Harnett calls 911 because he has stomach pains and diarrhea. General Motors is closing most factories this summer for up to nine weeks. Apple is pulling the plug on the Baby Shaker iPhone app in response to public outrage. What? All right, so I demand uh, I demand uh, clarification on that right now. What's that? The 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 Baby Shaker app. The Baby Shaker app. So this is a, but I mean, this is a thing that they were selling, or that they are no longer selling. They're no longer selling. Apparently, it was being offered. All right. So this is uh, this is something that everybody can uh, now rush out and purchase, or they were able to purchase, and now they may not. They were able to. I'll All find right. the story for you later. All right. In the meantime, the uh, MySpace co-founder is stepping down because they're being beaten by Facebook. This isn't. What is, let me ask you this: What is the what is what's his name Tom uh, do with MySpace anymore, or does he in fact have? Like, does he even work there? He does, because uh, Squid, our friend Squid, his yeah. sister works at MySpace. And so what does Tom do? And she said do? that he drives, like, the fanciest car she's ever seen. Well, of course. And he just, he's... like, just breezes in and out of the office. I mean, do you suppose he actually has to have... I, 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 how would we know if he was even dead? He's just got that one uh, photograph of him where he's kind of turning, you know, like the photograph that everybody knows where he's, like, turning mm-hmm. and he's doing the three-quarters profile or whatever to the camera. So it seems like uh, Tom could actually be an entirely fictitious person at this point. He totally point. could be. He yeah. could be the Betty Crocker of the online uh, social networking uh, world. All right. Here's okay, Tim Riley. I have the Apple story for you. Apple is pulling a 99-cent iPhone game called Baby Shaker from its iTunes store after its uh, premise, quiet a crying baby with a vigorous shake, has prompted outrage. According to screenshots, Baby Shaker displays black-and-white line drawings of a baby. The iTunes description includes a line, 
See how long you can endure his or her adorable cries before you have to find a way to quiet the baby. Once the iPhone owner uh, wow. finishes shaking the device, the on-screen baby is depicted with large red X's over its eyes. Oh, my God. God Public outcry has ensued. <laughs> the application, uh, let's see, is avail- well, was available for 99 cents. The best part is that Apple approved it at one point because I don't think you can see. It, it went on sale Monday. And it was removed as of yesterday. Because that because that's not like a thing. Like the Apple Store isn't a thing where just uh, you know like anybody can just create something and stick it in there without their permission. Like you got to have. I think they have to sign off yeah. on said application existing and being made for sale. They also rejected applications that let iPhone users throw virtual shoes at former President George W. Bush or watch clips from the South Park cartoon. Well, okay. Well, that's fantastic. Here's Tim Riley. This is kind of creepy. As you know, prisoners answer calls to the Oregon DMV for prison. Do you know that? Well, Oregon woman trying to renew her driver's license fears she may have given her social security number directly to an inmate when she called the DMV. She called them to find out documents she needed to bring for the renewal of her license. And to renew law in Oregon, drivers must give their social security number to prove their citizenship. Uh, the woman was told over the phone, give me your social security number. And tell me what you're wearing. That's what I was thinking, too. Well, she fell over when the man at the DMV told her it shouldn't have been done. Excuse me, you mean I told an inmate at a correctional institute? Yes, you did, ma'am. Wait a minute, I'm, but I'm confused. So do they? Do you give them your social security number You're or not? You're not supposed to. So the inmate wasn't supposed to do that. You're not supposed to do it over the phone. Right, he should be sent to prison for that. Oh, he's already there. Well, that's uh, well, you know, there's a uh, prominent software company, Microsoft, that uh, employs prisoners in Washington State. So like, I know that they were doing it around like the Windows 98 era. Mm-hmm. That if you buy, if you went to the store and you bought yourself a physical copy of Windows 98 and you said, by God, that's a stylish box that's been uh, carefully wrapped and all the cellophane perfectly applied. I wonder what pair of caring hands put this together. Well, the answer is it was like Lefty the Shiv or somebody, uh, some guy who's like doing like 99 to life. Uh, the, the Microsoft is paying 15 cents an hour or something to sit there and box up all your information. Also, at a certain point, TWA, is TWA even in existence anymore? No. They're gone? Mm. Or do they turn into something else? No, they're gone. So TWA, their guest booking service, like when you called up to book a flight on TWA, the guy who answered your call, like about half the time, was some uh, the, the inmate at a penitentiary somewhere. And the best part about that was he was not only getting your billing information, but he was getting your home address and the dates you were going to be gone out of town. So you go, go that's, uh, I'm going to be completely and totally away from my house, uh, person on the other end of the phone, who I assume is not a convicted How could rapist. How even be legal? Well, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not a lawmaker, so I'm not a legislator. Uh, but, but yeah, so you would be like handing over your credit card information, and plus you'd like, and I'm going to be gone for nine days. No, I'm going to be, no, in Greenland. No, totally unable to come home. No, no, I won't be anywhere near my house. Great. All right, thanks so much. Bye. Uh, you know, and then that would just sort of be uh, disseminated, however. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, then we have the story of the man exposing himself to a woman at Clackamas Park and asking the woman, would you like to join me? And the answer, of course, was no. <laughs> then we have this other story, which is kind of interesting. While his obvious, or I should say oblivious, bride-to-be was collecting stemware and monogram sheets, the accused Craigslist killer was busy building a collection of his own, the patties of his alleged victims. Mean Yes, nothing, nothing. Meanwhile, the CEO of Craigslist is, well, he, he's very sad indeed. He says he's horrified his website has become the preferred breeding ground for kinky sex killers, but there's nothing he can do about it. There are 50 million Americans using Craigslist each month. Whenever you have that amount of human activity, there is a possibility of things going wrong despite everyone's best efforts to protect people.
But really, you're overlooking the vast majority of Craigslist users who are not cutting off people's heads or keeping their panties in a hollowed-out copy of the Bible at home. We feel this is not a representative uh, depiction of our client base. And Levi Johnson is taking his fight to the Larry King Show. The 19-year-old says as much as he hates to think about it, he might have to take Bristol Palin to court to get the baby back. I still like the family very much, you know, and I think we just, I think we can work things out. I mean, I don't think either one of us want to go and go to the lawyers and try and fight for custody and stuff like this. No, he doesn't like the family. He said last week that he didn't like them. Boy, that guy is as thick as two short planks. Did you watch him on Larry King? I only saw part of it. That was enough. It was excruciating. It was, I, I mean, it's one of those... Like, sometimes when there's a guy who's just like an absolute uh, knob, just adult, and you watch him, and it's, it, it can be sort of perversely uh, satisfying, you know, in, in a way that you don't really like to admit to yourself, but that, you, but that we all know is true, where you see some guy that you suspect just has no brains at all. Uh, and this was the deal with Sarah Palin. I mean, it was, I mean, it was that whole, it was like really everybody, every, she is the sort of, I, I, I don't know, like, she is the, 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 the planet around which just a bunch of small, ignorant moons are constantly orbiting. Because everybody in her circle just seems to be unbelievably dumb. So I'm watching uh, uh, Levi Johnson and Larry King last night, and it was just... You, it was so great. It was like magnets that are sort of, you know, you, you get two well, magnets... It's a little and you, vacation for the Octomom. But, but you ever get two magnets as a kid, you put them together, and it's the opposite ends or whatever, so the magnets repel, you mm -hmm. can't make them touch each other? You've got Larry King, who just asks the most smooth, featureless, textureless questions you can possibly imagine. And then you've got Levi Johnson, who who doesn't really seem like he has more than a few synapses to rub together, like under the best of circumstances. Well, he's rusty gears trying to try to turn it. But it's not. <laughs> what was that sound? <laughs> It wasn't even like that. It was sort of, I hate to make this comparison, but it was sort of like when Bo Breedlove was here and there was just a lot of stuff he didn't want to answer. But the thing about Bo Breedlove was he's, you know, he's a pretty well-spoken guy and, you know, he's very, you know, he has charisma, you know, and obviously some intelligence there so you can frame the answers, even if it's something he doesn't really want to talk about. Levi Jensen has none of those things. He he apparently had a functioning penis. That was about the extent uh, of his qualification. I think qualification. that's the only thing in him that's functioning, basically. <laughs> See, and, and to give him a, a little rest, he brought in his mama. Like when Why can't you take your baby for a weekend? I don't know. But you're not interested in finding out legally why you can't? I am. I think if, if it keeps going like this, I think we're going to have to. No, oh, that was supposed to be mama. No, the, the mom is she, sitting she, next to him. She sounds so enthusiastic. I couldn't tell who the mom was, by the way. Her name is Sherry. It, it, she had yeah, so much. Drink. She had like just a ton of makeup on because the last time I saw her, she was the one that got busted for meth, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. so the last time I saw her, she just looked like old and bad. And I mean, really just sort of like she looked like the unpleasant reality behind the Linda Lavin fiction of the uh, of the sitcom Alice. Or, or a sketch from the old Carol Burnett show. Exactly. Like Mama's Family. But but sort of like the, but, but the you know, the actual real world depiction of something that in uh, that in the films would be played charmingly by Jennifer Aniston. But she had so much makeup on that I couldn't... She was like that weird um, Priscilla Presley combination of old and young simultaneously. And I couldn't quite figure out like who, who she was. And so Larry King would ask uh, Levi Johnson these questions. And when you're saying that it's like a bunch of rusty gears in his head, to me it wasn't even that. It was like a single gear in the middle that was connected to nothing. And it was just sort of... And just spinning around happily, but not actually interfacing with any other thoughts inside. Mm -hmm. So Larry King would ask like a softball question, and then you would just hear it. I mean, it would just sort of like whistle through his brain, just like a cannonball down a hallway. And Larry King would go, so um, 
Do you believe that you and Sarah Palin uh, will ever mend fences on this issue? And Levi Johnson would just go, uh, I don't know. And then you could just... Uh, was it the battle of the minds? And it, like the third time that happened, you could just see Larry King in his head making a note like, fire whoever booked this dullard for an interview. Well, as Sarah Palin says, this is just unpretentious living. That's, they're just common folk, It's the Tim. future of the Republican Party. <laughs> they are the uh, the fresh clay of the New West. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Straight ahead, today's top five, top five monkey songs of all time. Chris Paddock will join us for Lost in 408 with Sarah Dillon. Later on, uh, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Here is the new Green Day single, Know Your Enemy. Rock 101, KUFO, the Rick Emerson Show. Emerson Show returns. And I cannot tell you how many times somebody will be walking by and they go, Whoa! This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is Thursday morning. And straight ahead, we have Lost in 408 with Sarah X. Dillon and Chris Paddock. Coming up later on, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week uh, will be here. And more news from Tim Riley. It's 503-733-2970. Don't forget, coming up tonight, 7.30 p.m. at The Mission. Uh, that is uh, right there at 16th and Gleason in Northwest. It is KUFO's Rockin' the Red Shirts party in aid of your chance to win a pair of passes to the Star Trek Portland premiere brought to you by KUFO. So that movie opens everywhere on May 7th. Uh, KUFO is going to be premiering Star Trek right here in Portland, Oregon, in our fair city, uh, on May 2nd, which is five days ahead of everybody else, five days ahead of the rest of the world. So you get a chance to win those passes tonight at KUFO's Rockin' the Red Shirts event. It is at the Mission at 16th and Gleason in Northwest. Uh, Mission is free, but you got to be 21 and over. Here's the deal. You show up in a red shirt, and that's it. You show up for the event in a red shirt, uh, and you will be automatically entered to win a pair of those passes to see Star Trek when KUFO premieres it May 2nd, five days before everybody else. So that is tonight at the Mission. Uh, we'll be there. Court and Fatboy is going to be there. And, of course, Stovacor, the world's premier Klingon metal band, uh, will be performing. And we want to thank um, Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com who helped to uh, coordinate a lot of this. So that is happening tonight, ladies and gentlemen, uh, at the Mission. This is your top five for Thursday. Five, four, three, two, one, fire. Counting is wonderful, counting is marvelous, counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness, counting is ecstasy, I love to count, don't you? All right, ladies and gentlemen, with your top five, here is Tim Riley. And as news of rampaging simians fills the headlines, we ponder man's other best friend. What? Hello? What? What just happened there? My... Okay, that was weird. No, your I'm microphone back. just turned oh. off. Oh, I know. And so I turned up my headphones. And I just... <laughs> and now you're a good headphones. solution. <laughs> that was odd. Your mic just turned off. All right, now I'll start again. Good God almighty. I sense, I sense the sinister hand of the, the primate monkey. world at work here. That's it. They've cut Maybe the power. Maybe they the floorboards. How can they cut the power, man? They're animals. <laughs> Yes, the monkey, when they're not operating your microwave or maiming children. They're also a source of inspiration. These are the top five songs about monkeys. Honorable mention going to the Beatles, Me and My Monkey. These are the top five monkey songs of all time, ladies and gentlemen.
Is this off? Um, is this off Revolver? I don't remember this. I can't remember either. I think this is off Revolver, which is the same album that has Run for Your Life. I think. I'm a, you know, I'm a terrible music fan because I, it, my Beatles knowledge is sort of like, I know just a, a staggering number of facts about the Beatles and small pieces of trivia about the Beatles. But really, if you were to put a Beatles album in front of me and ask me to list all the cuts on it, I don't know that I could do that about nine times out of ten. Because there's never really been any need to do that because they're always on the freaking radio constantly. It is the Rick Emerson Show. These are the top five monkey songs of all time. Number four, number five, rather, is Skid Row and Monkey Business. Well, this is off the uh, Slave to the Grind album, which came out in uh, 1991. This video, by the way, does have it several points in it. One of those, what is this monkey called that perforated the little girl in Salem? Cap, capuchin? Ca- yes. Cappuccino? Yes. Something. It was that monkey. This video has got that monkey, not like that actual monkey, but a, a monkey of that type, just wandering around. And at one point, it's like a full-on spinal tap moment because the guitarist, whose name was uh, was uh, Dave Sabo, the guitarist is playing like the lead part or whatever. He's like doing the solo. And you know, like occasionally they'll have a pirate who just has like a parrot kind of jauntily perched on his shoulder. The guitarist is trying to look all badass, and he does this by ripping out the guitar solo while a monkey just sits on his shoulder and stares at the camera. And even then, it seemed a little absurd. Uh, now, more so, like on an exponential level. I also think at one point in this video, uh, Sebastian Bach is holding like a road flare, like the kind you're supposed to keep in your trunk next to the first aid kit and your tire jack. And he's just staring at the camera, and he's singing the lyrics while holding a road flare in his hand, which I guess passed from metal uh, at that point. This is the kind of monkey, by the way, both in this video and in the story in Salem. It's the uh, Bad Dates monkey from Raiders of the Lost Ark. The best part of this song is the end, where they just do the chorus a whole bunch of times, and it's just a bunch of guys standing around chanting the phrase, monkey business, which... It's one of those moments where you realize that rock is both great and stupid at the same time. A bunch of grown men in a oh, studio singing monkey business over and over. All right. These are the top five monkey songs of all time. Number four, George Michael with his most famous monkey. It's from the uh, Faith album. I almost played the uh, 12-inch house mix of this, but I decided that was I don't just think I've ever heard this. You don't know this song? Mm-mm. A bad American. Boy, this is full on Frankie Goes to Hollywood. I forgot yeah. how much this sounded like Relax. Sarah, do you love the monkey or do you love me? I demand an answer right now. A little bit of both? <laughs> I think this video has got, I think it's a concert video, if I remember correctly. This is like him performing it at, I don't know, the Enormo Dome somewhere. And if I recall correctly, and I might be making this up in my head because it's funny, I think he's dancing in front of some huge purple letters that just say monkey in big letters. That's kind of amazing. Like 15 feet high, like these big purple illuminated letters that just say monkey. I don't care if it's true or not, I'm going to believe that that's the case. I thought in America when you were born after, you know, 19, 
89 or whatever, they just gave you a copy of the Faith record. Like, you know, when he came out of the womb, he got like a rattle and a thing around your wrist and a copy of George Michael's Faith. Why can't you set your monkey free? That's what an area man wanted to know when he was arrested in Clackamas this weekend. These are the top five monkey songs of all time. Tim Riley. Number three, Aerosmith, Monkey on My Back. How many Monkey on My Back songs are there? Uh, many. Many. Because musicians just aren't that original. And so they all do drugs. They all think they're the first band to do drugs. They all think they're the first band to get sober. And then they all think they're the first band to write about their sobriety from drugs by using the phrase, Monkey on My Back. That being said, it's a pretty great song. So this is from uh, Pump, which was sort of solidifying uh, Aerosmith's comeback at this point. Because they've just been, they've just been down and out. I mean, as Steven Tyler says, uh, best believe I had it all and then I blew it. Uh, and they, they tried to come back with this album called Done With Mirrors, which is a fine album. Produced by Ted Templeman of uh, Van Halen fame, except they they had this great idea with the Done with Mirrors album, where because it's done with mirrors, everything on the record was printed backward. I mean, I mean, like the cover, the liner notes, the label on the you know, on, like on the actual vinyl itself. So DJs would go to play it, and then it would be very confusing for them, and so they would just put it away, and they play Dream On again. So they had a. A big bite of the uh, comeback apple with permanent vacation, and then this kind of uh, this kind of sealed the deal. Great record. All right, ladies and gentlemen, these are the top five monkey songs of all time. Number two, the Foo Fighters and Monkey Wrench. Oh, good one. What a great song. I can hear this song every five minutes for the rest of my life. I'm surprised this hasn't been used to sell, like, serious craftsman tools. <laughs> I don't think this was the first... Foo Fighters single. Didn't they have something before this, Sarah? They put out a song, was it like Everlong or something? There was Everlong this? and then... I can't remember the order in which all the Foo Fighters songs came out, but I do remember sitting... I remember where I was when I saw this. I was sitting on a couch in Salt Lake City watching MTV uh, like a dispirited youth of the time. And this was that great video where they were all just sitting in that red room and uh, he's looking through the keyhole and they're all kind of rocking out inside. And... Just thinking to myself, what a great, great song it was, because it didn't sound anything like Nirvana. And the song does have such a freeing sort of chorus where it's so ecstatic, and it, it you could see it as him kind of breaking away from that dirge mode. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very pop-sounding. Mm, fantastic. Very Ramones, almost. Uh, these are the top five monkey songs of all time. Tim Riley. Number one, the Rolling Stones, Monkey Man. This is from uh, Let It Bleed. Probably the finest of all Stones records. 
This is one of those songs where you realize that Mick Jagger doesn't make any sense when he writes lyrics most of the time, but he sells it because he's, you know, Mick Jagger. I'm a flea-bit peanut monkey. Now, you know we work on FM Rock Station and you neglected to play one of the biggest monkey songs of all time. Monkey. Wait, hold on. Oh, Rick. Wait, hold on a second. Is this Shock the Monkey by Cold Chamber? No. I almost played that and then I didn't because it's Cold Chamber. Let me tell you. Wait, hold on. He's a cold Italian pizza, Sarah. He could use a lemon squeezer, Sarah. Makes no sense at all. Sounds like a Shamwon commercial. <laughs> Boy, she's got a big, spacious, boomy sound to it. This is the album starts with uh, this album starts with "Gimme Shelter," and it ends with "You Can't Always Get What You Want," and it's just man, this is unbelievable piece of music. This entire record. All right, you gonna tell me what I forgot? Yes, I am. Do I have to, should I guess at it? Yes. All right. So this is it. So there's a monkey song that I forgot, so don't give it away quite yet. All right. So that was uh, the Rolling Stones. That's number one, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, top five songs about monkeys. I have to play you just two notes, and you will know exactly. All right. So wait a minute. I've forgotten, I've forgotten the monkey song. Am I going to kick myself? Yes. All right. Hold on a second. Uh, is it the uh, solo uh, performer or band? Band. Mm. Um, currently producing new music that we play. Mm, I don't know how new it is, but we play it. Um, uh, let's see. Um, it, it came to prominence in uh, the eighties, nineties, or earlier. Like late eighties, early nineties. Came to prominence late eighties, late eighties, early nineties. Monkey. This sounds like weird beat poetry. Moloch, destroyer <laughs> of men, eater of worlds. Oh, right. Uh, and it's not shock the monkey. No. All right, Tim. Do you have any idea what she's referring to? No, I have no idea. And it's not okay. I played Monkey Business. I played. Um, uh, is this? Uh, let me ask you. Is this an American band? Yes. Is this a, a band commonly associated? See, with... See, I'm looking at Patek and Brent. They both know. Is this a band commonly associated with the grunge era? No. Is it a band commonly associated with uh, glam rock? No. Glam metal. And it's a band. I actually believe that we might have played this band already today. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I got like two more guesses and then I got to give up because the way everybody's screaming at the radio. This is going to be one of those things. This is going to be like the other day when somebody uh, somebody was screwing up that question about Sweet Sister Mary and Queensryche and I got a bunch of emails from guys who are like, I'm beating my radio with my fist right now. Um, all right. Is, uh, let's see, uh, male lead singer or female? Male. See, uh, that was a, you know, that was a space filler question right there because, of, you know, like, what are the odds it was going to be a female? It's not like it's Nightwish. Um... Wow, my last okay. My last question's got to be good. It is a. Uh, would you say that they are a? Um, would you say that this is a song that I listen to, embrace, enjoy, like, own? Yes. Am I gonna feel like a retard when you play this? Yes. Oh no! I totally thought about this and I discarded it. How can you not p- put Brass Monkey on there? Oh no, no! I weighed this. I weighed this this morning and immediately decided not to. How can you not? It's totally one of the most well-known monkey songs ever. I I suppose I see. I feel like you're making it up right now that you're saying like you thought. No, of no, it. no. I looked at no. I looked at that this morning, and I'll tell you exactly how I did it. I went to uh, my music library, and I can search by title, artist, or album. And I searched by title, and I put in. Oh, monkey. so you didn't even have to like think about it. You actually just typed in monkey, and then just went through. I know. I looked at. I wanted to make sure I didn't leave anything out, and so I looked at a master list of every monkey recording that I had access to, and I looked at this, and uh, I opted not to use it. It's not that it's not. It's not like it's a bad song or something it's just not better than anything else there's nothing on this list that is inferior to this in my opinion 
Like, this song is not... Like, when is the last time you put Brass Monkey on and sat and listened to it? I mean, I'm guessing it's not this year. I love the Beastie Boys, don't get me wrong. And I love Rick Rubin, and it's a great record. This is not superior to anything on the list. That's just my own personal assessment. So, you know, let the hate okay. mailing begin and, you know, whatever. I would put it on my list, I'm just saying. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Straight ahead, lost in 408. Don't go anywhere. From chimpan A to chimpanzee No, you'll never make a monkey out of me Oh my God, I was wrong It was Earth all along You finally made a monkey Yes, we finally It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is Thursday morning. Uh, it's uh, 503-733-2970. Still ahead, the news with Tim Riley. Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week uh, will join us. And uh, we will have... Oh, you know, and real quickly here, as we sort of wrap up uh, the top five monkey songs, uh, I won't play the whole thing, but just, Sarah, here's something else that I forgot. This is a little... Uh, I'll play you the first few seconds, and mm-hmm. you will immediately recognize something that was left off the top five monkey songs list. Good monkey, get up, get Oh, coffee. my God. No, that's where I'm kind of pwned by my own pony. Oh, you totally are. And I brought shame on whole family. You also forgot another significant one as well. Which is? Uh, uh, Dude, I don't think we can talk anymore because uh, you forgot Pixies, Monkey Gone to Heaven. All right. Well, clearly this is a list that is going to please nobody. I'm just one man. It seems like you're not even pleasing yourself. You have to make room for that, uh, that... that Skid Row song. I'm trying to cover all genres. I, I understand that. I Rick Emerson is a man who embraces all You remember all forms George of Michael? Music. Not only the George Michael song, but that, the, 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 the video house version like. too. Yeah, the one where it's like, I'm going to wear a funny pork pie hat and suspenders, and I'm going to dance like a monkey. Isn't that the thing? And he's dressed all Amish. Oh, in that. he looks ridiculous. He's you know what Not he is? That he always did look ridiculous. He did look ridiculous. He's kind of dressed like that. He's dressed like the weird, uh, like the butter churning looking guy from G.E. Smith and the Saturday Night Live band. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The yeah. guy who played with Hall and Oates. Wolk. Yeah, the bass player. That's what it, George Michael looks like. You know, here's what he looks like. George Michael in the video for Monkey looks like Lucas Haas in Witness. If you were to stretch him out. And what's really weird now is Lucas Haas is in a band. Is that true? Yeah. You know, there should be a band of uh, just uh, guys. There should be a band of guys who were just child stars and never really, but not Ooh. any of the guys who've already okay, made child stars. Kramer band. versus Kramer and 16 Candles, Justin yes. Henry. Yes. Uh, you get uh, the dude, Lucas Haas. You get him in the mix. But you can't, but, but like no Cousin Oliver guys who've already made no, their no, own no, band. No, 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 no. But you got to find people that are unknown and don't have any musical ability. I think we need to get VH1 on the phone. Rodney Allen Rippy. That's all Ooh, I'm saying. I love the yeah, manager. He's great. Yes. Chris Paddock, ladies and gentlemen, program director for Rock 101 KUFO and Sarah Dillon now bring you today's installment of Lost and I have elongated the bed to the appropriate length. Okay, Thank you. okay. Lost in 408. Uh, let me just... Uh, yeah! There we go. All right, yesterday was uh, a bit of a, of a kind of a crappy clip show. Yeah, so I didn't even watch it. I didn't yeah, watch the clip I, show. I, I, of good? course, I am dedicated, and I did watch it. It was uh, all told from the perspective of the Oceanic Six. 
That would be, of course, Jack, Hurley, Kate, uh, son, Aaron, Aaron, and Hurley. Yes. So uh, here are some thoughts, because they told it in chronological order, and it really involved a lot of Ben's uh, doings. You know, okay, so did it show any more of whether or not we can like figure out whether or not Ben is a bad character or a good character? I, I'm going to say this. I I, ha- I am going to go out on a limb here. I believe Ben is bad. I think Ben is ultimately a bad guy. See, and I, I believe he's no, ultimately good. No, I don't think he has a, a, a place on the island. I think there's a reason why uh, he tried to usurp um, Widmore and kicked him off the island so he could take control mm-hmm. of the island. He claims, you know, he's very uh, stoic and very... Uh, you know, self-righteous about the whole thing. See, and I feel like he's almost childlike. Like, he acts like a, like a spoiled little kid who's, like, not allowed. Like, he's not allowed to touch the donkey right. wheel. So, uh, he, right. so he, in turn, like, turns into, like, a little bastard. Please touch my monkey and my donkey wheel. You leave your donkey wheel alone! <laughs> All right, so I'm thinking about this, too. You have the fa- this uh, scene where uh, Richard Alpert goes and meets a young John Locke. Remember mm-hmm. that scene a, a while back? A couple oh, yeah, and he has to back? pick the compass right. or whatever. And he was were. wrong, yeah. which I believe Ben screwed that up or somebody did or somebody screwed that up for someone like told Richard Alpert that's not the dude you want to the island oh so you think Ben's trying to sabotage it so that like, Ben is a saboteur he is a total saboteur well what do you think the connection is with uh, Locke to the island because uh, you know the land's always done good things for him like for the first time he landed on it he couldn't walk then he could the second time he landed on it he was dead now he's alive yeah like, he belongs on that island that's my point is that he should he's always he always should have been there and that was his destiny, mm-hmm. and it took him that long to get there, which I believe that's why the plane was plane crashed, is because of Locke. Because of, what about Desmond? Because it seems like a lot of stuff focuses around Desmond and him being like the, the focal point of the show, because he was also on the island before anyone else, before the plane even crashed. I think once you are in or on this island, you somehow have to play a part. As, you know, as uh, Faraday's mom said, the island is not done with you mm-hmm. yet, Desmond. Desmond obviously is Daniel Faraday's constant... Hence, that's why he's probably going to have to be back there. And if you remember the the episode, The Constant, Daniel Faraday wrote the in his journal. The best episode ever. It really is. Yeah. Wrote, Desmond is my constant. Mm-hmm. So next week, I think we're going to get a little further information on that because it is a Faraday flashback episode. And Faraday kind of walked in because now he's like this, in the future, he's like this feeble, like, you know, crazy scientist. But back then, he walks off like so, like, um, gracefully and with power, like when he walks off the submarine. It's like, what is what is his deal? Allow me to uh, reference a film that you may have not seen starring Christopher Reeve and Jane Seymour called Somewhere in Time. Okay. And it is where uh, Christopher Reeve performs time travel using his mind. And I believe that Faraday that, can travel. That I, well, yes, that this time travel thing it can really screw up your consciousness. If your consciousness in this movie, the the, the physical vessel of Christopher Reeve is in uh, 1982 or whenever they made the movie. All right, but yet his mind is in the 1800s. Oh boy! So I think that Faraday is very much like his consciousness is lost. Okay. Hence the title. Somewhere in the world. Okay. Well, or in um, time, rather. So, who do you think, uh, like, out of all the people, who would you rather see? Who do you want to see resurrected this season? Uh, like, I, I, like, wa- I want to see Boone. He's so hot. Ugh. Lamest character ever. He I totally see, was. He's good to look at. I, I want to see Charlie come back. And you know what? Do you think that anything with them bringing, like, some of the uh, dead people's possessions to the island, do you think that that might have something to do I, with it? I, I believe Hurley brought a guitar to. Remember the episode? This was the other thing I thought about last night. They left the guitar up in the tree for Charlie when he was getting junked out? Yeah. Hurley put it there because he brought it on the island back in the day. It had to be placed there in a tree. And they also have Jack's father's shoes. Yes. They have all these different bits and pieces of the that old guy's Jack in the future. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right then. I thought.
that we wouldn't have anything to talk about since there wasn't an episode. I mean, it was a clip show. Yesterday, there was a lot of, I don't know how we're going to fill four minutes and eight <laughs> seconds. It's, uh, well, that's a stretch. Honestly, we put together, we, we wrote down... 30 questions. Yes, I think I, we got I like to read a few of the ones we didn't get around to. Can I just tell uh, you, this, these were written by Sarah X. Dillon. Uh, why do you think Richard Alpert wears eyeliner? Discuss. Do you know why uh, this Lost segment is great? Even if you Because I haven't watched Lost since the second season, but it doesn't matter. Because every single line in the Lost recaps that you guys do, every time we do this, every single observation, sentence, query are all basically mini self contained Soylent Green is people! <laughs> but it's like over and over for like 48 minutes every week. Well, another thing that came up last night that I realized, I, I, it's obvious that the writers were trying to make this up for a while, for the first couple of seasons, like, well, we don't know where the hell we're going. Mm-hmm. And now now it seems that they know where they're going. I don't know, because it's too they're not and it drives you crazy. They're not going to explain everything. They're not going to be able to explain everything. They have to. I... Paddock, how can we go on living? They're if they not going to bring Boone everything? back. They probably realize that character has no purpose other than eye candy. Think, we will not bring him back. But how funny is it that there are references? Sorry, and then we're almost done. Um, how funny is it that there are references still to the two uh, characters that were buried alive? The girl that was the star on that soap opera and stuff. Oh, they and were, they were only on there for one episode. Because yet, they sucked. It, well, they did suck, but they've been referenced several times throughout the past few seasons. Like, of, are they going to come oh, back? I, don't, I hope not. And I think one of the best things that they ever did, on, and it, it, it is one of maybe a top 20 episode, is the episode where they killed them off. Well, they were only on there for like But it was done cleverly. You it was a very like good a, wink. You're both like Joe Biden when the light has turned red, uh, you know. And, <laughs> and I have one more point. And what's, what's her name? Gwen Eiffel. Oh, going, you've got it. Senator, Senator, I really have to. Senator, no. It, if one at a time. Senator, oh, fine. Jesus, just say whatever you want. All right. So this is, do we have a new episode of Lost next week? Yes. All right. Then get this, folks. It's the 100th episode next Wednesday. It is a Faraday-centric episode followed by a Richard Alpert Centric episode. No, you stop that. No, 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 no. And then, and then the finale. I have goosebumps. Yeah, right you now. got goosebumps. All, All right. right, we should have a lost party next week. Okay, okay. In. Um, hey, has I got two things to say about Lost? Unbelievably, one has anybody done some sort of a? Have, have they done any kind of a, a promotion or a, something? Something the Lost Weekend? Blah 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 blah. blah. Uh, no, there ought to be a Lost Weekend. I, you know, I've had Lost Weekends, as you know. I'm just saying. You know, <laughs> casting around. Oh, for puns. <laughs> you're looking for a new promotion. I'm just saying. Okay. It's KUFOs Lost Weekend. They're doing a bracket right now. Give us the best kiss, and it's like it, it totally is lame. On ABC. Shame on them. A best kiss from just from like Lost. Always or from Lost. Yeah. Oh. Do you like Juliet and Sawyer? Do you like Sawyer and No, Kate? it has to be Sawyer and Kate in the cage. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't even remember There's why. So, that's was. a weird image all of a sudden. Lost weekend and then... Oh, oh, oh. Uh, it, final thing. Here's the thing that you guys could actually create. I'm a big fan of creating urban legends and then just seeing how far you can mm-hmm. get them. And we've tried to do that repeatedly on the show. We tried to do this one about McGruff the Crime Dog. And then uh, we tried one about the. We tried to spread one about Cabbage Patch Kids, uh, and we tried to do something about the, the Gilmore Girls at one point. That didn't take off either. So here's the new urban legend. You guys, should, what are the numbers again on Lost? Oh, uh, four, eight, sixteen, forty-two. Uh, yeah, four, shame on what's, what's the highest number? I think it's forty-two. 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 Uh, so you guys should go back and you should create some fictitious thread that is woven through episodes four, eight. Like 16, 23, 42, Ooh. whatever. Oh, there probably is, too. No, How about see, this? We should add up all the numbers. That's the thing. Let's it's do like, some numerology. There isn't, but you could probably go back and look at like a, a recap of those episodes online and from that create, like reverse engineer I like the some theory. Think. But then, then again, as we do this, aren't we defeating our purpose? No, but then you put it online and you see, you know, you, then it's like you can make the internet respond to you. Uh, then it's like you can see it morph to Make fit, the internet to, our bitch. Seriously, you can see it morph to fit your vision of this completely fabricated urban legend. Hmm. I'm just saying, that's the I sort like. of thing I find I'm amusing. i to get around to that. All right. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's
It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you, Christopher Paddock. My pleasure. Straight ahead, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show. They attacked me like a fucking mad wolf, and they stepped forward and thought I was going to die, because they were like rabid animals. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming by. It is Thursday. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Still to come this hour, we have Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. Be joining us here in just one moment. Uh, and uh, so forth. Don't forget, coming up tonight at the Mission, that is at uh, 16th and Gleason, right there in the northwest. At the Mission tonight at 7.30, it is KUFO's Rockin' the Red Shirts party, uh, which will be your chance to win a pair of passes to the Star Trek premiere happening here in Portland, uh, courtesy of KUFO, May 2nd, which is five days for everybody else gets to see it. Those poor souls must wait. How many hours is that? 120 hours. Uh, wait, no? <laughs> yes. Wait? I don't know. I don't think it's per- a squared number like that. You don't know what that means. That word doesn't what mean what means. you think it means. I know, you're totally right, right. But uh, like a even number like that. Five. Moving, moving ahead. Uh, so everybody else gets to see it on the 7th. You, however, will get to see it five days early if you uh, win a pair of passes. You do that tonight at the mission. All you have to do is this. You show up and you wear a red shirt. You get in. That's free, but you got to be 21 and over. Uh, but 7.30 tonight at the mission. Wear a red shirt, and that will be your automatic entry and the chance to win a pair of passes to the KUFO premiere of Star Trek happening May 2nd. Uh, we'll all be there. Court and Fatboy are going to be there. And, of course, uh, Portland's premier Klingon metal band Stovacor. Is going to be a performer. That is tonight, KUFO's Rockin' the Red Shirts event uh, at the Mission tonight at 7.30, ladies and gentlemen. And by the way, uh, can I just send a big, like, <laughs> get bent to everybody who's emailing me about George Michael? I got, I'll just read uh, two of these here. This one. Rick, about Brass Monkey being left off the list. Are you crazy? How is it possible to not put Brass Monkey on your top five? We did the top five monkey songs. You tried to justify it by saying, quote, when was the last time you broke out Brass Monkey to sit down and listen to it, end quote. I can easily say it's been in the last 10 years because that's probably the last time I listened to George Michael. If you're listening to George Michael more often than the Beastie Boys, you might want to talk to somebody because you have some real issues you need to sort out, which is then followed by this one. Rick, what I find most interesting about your top five is not that you uh, accidentally left off Brass Monkey, Code Monkey, or Monkey Gone to Heaven, but that you instead uh, opted to leave George Michael on the list. Seriously, (laughs) come on, what is up with that? So uh, I apologize to no one uh, for my love of George Michael. Yeah, I you're being unashamed. kind of aggressive about it. Too. <laughs> I'm I'm only being aggressive because it's being so vociferously challenged by members of the audience. It's like everybody just seized right on that. I mean, I put look. Here's the thing. If you look at the songs on that list, I mean, Paddock sort of mentioned this. You could easily go for the Skid Row song. I mean, really, if you wanted something to just make fun of, everybody goes right for the George Michael track. So I'm just going to dig in here, sort of Normandy style, and uh, refuse to give an inch. So. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it is your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. So Oregon already has a smoking ban inside businesses, and now the lawmakers want to ban the hookah bars. Or I think they're called hookah bars, not to be confused with hookah bars. Which are right next to the haw bars. Yeah, no. Correct. The hookah is a, uh, a bit large smoking device. Really? It kind of looks like a gas pump. A gas pump. And it has another hose you put in your mouth. So you uh, so you put part of the hookah in your mouth. You put the hookah in your mouth. Do you have to you suck? You put the hose in your mouth. So after you put the hookah in your mouth... Uh, you suck. You suck. Right. At, at, with, with the hookah. Right. 
Do you have to pay? Do you have to okay, pay? Okay. I'm just asking. Look, well, you pay for the hookah services. Why do you hate news, Sarah? No, and they do have different flavors for the hookah. Pain flavored. One is vanilla. The other is chocolate. One just uh, one just smells like pus. Uh, so anyway, but they have this at several. I won't mention any place by name. I've been they, to a hookah bar before. Have you really? Mm-hmm. There was one at um, yeah on the campus at college. Uh, there is a, there's a place that Laura and I frequently uh, will go to uh, sort of a uh, kind of a, a coffee a dessert uh, place. We'll leave it at that. Uh, which is it's one of my and it's one of my favorite places in Portland, hands down. Uh, although they recently they, they stopped putting uh, uh, chocolate chips in their black and tan sundae, so I'm not a big fan of uh, of that change. But uh, but they have like the, the thing right in the middle of it, and here's it, and it's. Look, I don't mean to disrespect anybody who decides they have to go out and like, I'm going to inhale some blueberry jasmine smoke and look, look arty. Like, you just look like a douche. I mean, that's my thing. It's like, it just, it just, it, and it's always like a bunch of guys who are like a year out of drama class. Uh, and it's like, uh, it's basically like potpourri, right? It's just like flavored air. I mean, seriously, that's exactly what it is. It's like you're sitting there with a beret, like trying to decide whether you're going to go to Rocky Horror or, you know, like uh, go home and watch Monty Python for the 5,000th time. And you're like, I don't know. Let's go, uh, let's go sit around this hookah thing and, uh, talk about, uh, how we're really, uh, going to sit here and, and then it just degenerates into nothing but weird uh, mumbly conversations and a lot of sounds and just and then it like wafts over all the rest of the place and whatever it's like if you're going to smoke smoke it's like don't don't be a sissy about it i mean either smoke a cigarette or don't uh, but the idea they're going to say can i have uh, some evergreen scented uh, citrus spray to inhale into my lungs here in this uh, restaurant and i'm surprised that they're still legal uh, by the way because i think they are filled i think there's some chemical or something in them well here's the thing can't these reopen as private clubs See, that- because I would think so. That was a discussion that was put to me by the owner of one of these hookah bars. I would think uh, that they would because that's what they do in Utah. In Salt Lake City, everything is a private club, which is how they get around uh, smoking and alcohol restrictions. And the deal is it's like $5 or something. Uh, and then you get in, you know, and it's like, and it's kind of a pain because you have to renew it like every three months. But that's how they get around. I had totally proposed the idea that there ought to be uh, some bar that just opens as a, uh, that they have a, a church, that they just open as some, they have their own religion, uh, for which tobacco is a sacrament, because they can do that in prisons. That's why you get like, what do you need? Oh, I need to sit in, uh, you know, before I go to the, the mess hall and to the showers, I have to eat a bag of peyote buttons. I'll be a second. Hold on. And then, you know, and it always goes to the Supreme Court, and then the court upholds that it's a religion, so you can do it. So, anyway. I mean, not that you're not free to be a drama nerd. I mean, have at it. I'm just saying, try to sit like far away so that I don't walk out of the smell like an apricot. <laughs> Now we have their story dateline, Beelin, New Mexico. B for bingo turned into B for brawl when three senior citizens got into a fight over nickels at a bingo game. We're old ladies, said Emma. It's sad to see old people trying to grab each other's face and hair. (laughs) (laughs) It was a normally reacting uh, game of bingo at the Del Rio Senior Citizen Center. It turned ugly as she watched their friends duke it out. The fighters, two women in their 60s and 185, held a, a grudge for one day before it finally came to a head. Uh, the argument was over the accusation of one of the women and another had not paid for her cards by putting nickels into the pot. We play for nickels. We play a nickel a card. Why fight for a nickel? Well, it happened. A verbal argument turned into a bingo brawl. Employees of the Del Rio uh, nursing home had to break up the fight. The women were told to go home and cool off. We're old friends. We're friends here, but sometimes, you know, people have their days. What do you mean? So this is like, is this a place where they live? 
Uh, let's see. I guess they can live or go here to play cards if you don't live. Because I'm wondering if they all, like, when he says to go home, if that really means, like, you're just shuffling down the hallway 15 feet and then you're, like, sitting on your bed and just... It doesn't say who, how many live there and who didn't. So, uh, they got in each other's space and grabbed each other. That's fantastic. This it, is the first time that this has happened at this place. Here's the thing about old women is that they're crazy. Uh, they're crazy and they're bloodthirsty, all of them. And anybody who uh, out there who has sort of spent any amount of time with a grandparent knows that this is true. Like, grandfathers, it's sort of the... It, it's like a weird sort of trade-off, like a Lady Hawk thing as they age, because grandfathers typically get more, I don't know, and they, they, they kind of mellow out and they become sort of more gentle about things. And they, Come on, Billy, I'll take you down and show you how to fish a few steelhead out of the river. And meanwhile, your grandmother is at home and she's watching Murder, She Wrote reruns and reading Miss Marple Mysteries where somebody is bludgeoned to death. Or with joining a one of those uh, Red Hat tea groups. And then busy gouging somebody's eyes out uh, because G32 sounded a lot like, uh, you know, like N72. Uh, so, anyway. Sarah and I, by the way, had an ill-advised local television program that we oh, were done God, at one point. I was hoping you were going to bring that up. Filmed uh, I had one, too, which was even worse. Was yours filmed at a local bingo emporium? No, mine was filmed in the back room of Comcast Cable because we couldn't get the regular studio. It was filmed in front of a green piece of cloth. Ours was half a bingo parlor and half a church. Yeah, it was There fantastic. was a church, a church attached bingo? to the bingo parlor. Uh, and it was, it was just filled with old, crazy women who all have, like, the weird... They um, have the weird dauber collections. They have circles of stuffed animals around them oh god yeah and there's like these weird it sort of like so bad there just oh. they would have these like totemistic displays of stuffed animals that they would put in front of them and then it would always be like a like a what is it let's see with an afghan it's crocheted mm-hmm. is that the deal so it was like a crocheted bag that they would put all their bingo supplies in no and their daubers like would surround it so they'd have every single color of the rainbow and then they would be doing this thing where it's like it was like they were Bobby Fisher in Central Park they would have 75 bingo cards in front of them and every time the guy would go N two three N twenty three N two three and you would look and it, it was like you could hear the whirring of circuitry just underneath the surface because they would all look down at their table and like the T one thousand looking in John Connor's room, they would just kinda go and when they just scan everything in front of them. Which kind of explains why they can't ever figure out where the brake and the accelerator are located, like relatively speaking in the car and why they're always driving through the front of a Starbucks somewhere, because clearly like at that age, 98% of their internal processing power is used to try to track small numbers on a piece of paper and to punch their friends in the face. All right. Well. And that's one to grow on. And the more you know, knowing is half the battle. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Willamette Week, Kelly Clark. Hello. Oh, Hello, I have her all song. you guys. How are you? I'm doing great. I, my head is so filled with bingo now. I don't have any space left either. Is this, is this her this theme is her music? Theme. What is this? The Dandy Warhols, Minnesota. Ah, Minnesota? I have a theme song. Excellent. It's so pleasant. It's like Kelly. Thank you. Did you ever spend time at a bingo hall? Uh, A very short amount of time. I think it's like a fetish, though. I mean, I think it's kind of a sexual thing at, at that age. I think there's like a very specialized porn genre that's emerging right now that's like bingo porn. I Dobbers are kind of phallic looking. I know. Think about that. I don't think you know think what bingo is. I think you're thinking <laughs> of... Um, Maybe you can find more on Craigslist. You're, I'm sure. You're sure not back on the hookah room? The hookah room? Yeah. Can, they combine hookahs and... Bingo? All it, well, at, at the place where Sarah and I were filming this, uh, the answer to that is a yes. I think the hookers and the bingo were all probably on the same block. Um, I, I won't identify I the... Did see, uh, I did see some hookers. I won't identify the name of the of the bingo place where Sarah and I filmed this terrible uh, television show a few years ago, but I will say that... Um, uh, it was scary. It, it was, and it was the most inappropriately named bingo hall. It was, it was called like... Let's say it was called something like Triumph. 
bingo. Oof. No, not at all. Or like, you know, success, bingo hall. Could not Jackpot. have possibly <laughs> been further from the truth. So, Oh, by the way, uh, I want to say, if you were uh, on last week and you were talking about, was it Devour? Is that what it was called? Yeah. Is that the food cart the festival? The food cart festival. It was awesome. So Laura and I uh, decided to go to that on, on uh, Saturday, and we were uh, busy going to... Um, how are we going? Are we going to the to to this DJ gig that I was doing for National sure, Records today? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so we, we had a kind of a schedule to be at, and it was about seven thirty. And we thought, you know what? Why don't we go to that food cart thing? It's like five dollars. You can totally get in, uh, you know, and then we can, uh, you know, we can eat, we can see some of the local culture, we can whatever, and mingle with our fellow Portlanders. Then we'll go to the thing. You want to talk about a line? Like it was like it was to the horizon. <laughs> it was unbelievable to the point that, that no offense, but we thought, well, this can't possibly be for the Willamette thing. Look at this. I mean, it was absurd. It was like half a mile long. No, when I drove up with my husband, I was like, "Is there a street fair going on?" Yeah. And he's like, "No, honey, that's for your guys's event." Yeah. Um, <laughs> we had about thirteen hundred people who came. It was a it was amazing. And yeah, I mean, basically the line was the only bummer out of the entire thing, which is apparently everybody wants to go taste food carts for five dollars. Well, and it so, is what with the economy and all. With the economy and all. So next year we're planning it bigger and bigger for Eat Mobile 2010. All right. And I'd like Might for this to take one over to, uh, a small town. I'd, well, just uh, maybe in the, st- the street in front of my house, perhaps. Just oh, so sure. Not... We can make that happen. We could cater it directly to you. Excellent. Because I wasn't able to go, uh, sadly. So I was. Uh, so I feel like well, I missed out on trying, it. Thanks for trying. You know, hey, Rick I'll Emerson is a team to you. Hey, it's a... Uh... As they said last night while repeatedly showing pictures of Sam Adams on KGW, you scratch my back. Right. Ah. They... Uh, they kept doing this other thing, by the way, when they would do, uh, they would talk about this, this, uh, alleged monkey attack uh, that happened in Salem. Oh, which yes. is really more Terrifying. just a, just a gentle poking by the monkey. They had some, like, stock photograph, not of this monkey, but like of the, the, the species, whatever, the, the capuchin monkey or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But if, it was like, it, they'd found the monkey and, and like, uh, suddenly jammed some electrodes into a sensitive part of its body and then snapped a picture because the monkey was sort of lunging at the camera and that's the photograph they kept going to every time they would talk about the monkey. <laughs> and there would be this truly terrifying photograph appearing over the anchor's uh, left shoulder of like a, ah! it, it sort of leaping at the screen. It was altogether unnerving. That's what monkeys do. They sit in their cages and plot for the moment that they can... They can attack us. I don't even think. They, I don't know if you know this, but that's what monkeys do. I don't even think they need to sit in the cage and plot because we were the, the, looking at this video online from the Monkey College, where it's like doing everything, but like going to the store to fetch the woman a pack of Pall Malls. So, <laughs> all right, uh, straight ahead, we will talk to Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week about what you can do to amuse yourself for less uh, money than you might imagine. Yes. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. It's the Rick Emerson Show. We continue next on Rock One Hundred One K U F O. Broadcasting everywhere. One time, I did actually confess that I uh, made out with my teddy bear. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show, by the way. I appreciate the subtle touch that Kiss's War Machine is the song underneath that uh, little uh, trailer there. Fantastic. Well done, genius. 503-733-2970. It's the Rick Emerson Show right here on Rock 101 KUFO. Don't forget, coming up at 9 o'clock today, Smells Like the 90s, with our good friend Buzz. Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week is here. Uh, she will have observations and suggestions about things you can do to amuse yourself tonight, tomorrow, and this weekend uh, for less money than you might expect. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on this Thursday. A man exposes himself to a woman at Clackamas Park. He asked her to join him. She declines. A Yakima boy is sent home from school with a bag of his own feces. <laughs> Six souvenirs. When his bride was picking out monogram sheets, the accused Craigslist killer was collecting his victim's underwear. Craigslist CEO says he's horrified his website has become the preferred breeding ground for kinky sex killers. 
but there's nothing he can do about it. And Levi Johnston takes his public war against the Palin family to Larry King. Chewing gum in school also makes you smarter. Wait, is that Larry King saying that, or is that is that, that was me saying that? All right, okay. By the way, when you were watching uh, Larry King last night with Levi Johnston, did you sort of think to yourself, uh, like at some point they were just going to run out of things to say? It was almost like a reality show about Larry King. <laughs> this is, but it really wasn't. Today, Larry has an unbelievably uninteresting guest. The guest is thick and dullard and has no demonstrable thoughts or opinions on anything. Let's watch now as Larry struggles to fill an entire hour. And then they would just go to Larry King, where he was just sort of... Like, you felt that at a certain point he was going to be like, So, uh... Do you like licking stamps? Do you find that the glue is both strange but strangely fruity at the same time? Uh, think it's time to post on Twitter. I'm going to soak my feet. <laughs> Currently wondering how I can sand these corns off my heels. Wait a minute. Okay. Must get back to speaking with Levi Johnson. All right. Uh, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. How are you? Hey, I'm fine. I'm sorry. I have to, I have to apologize for snorting during the bag of feces. It's, and there's really no context. Have you heard that full story yet? No, I haven't. And, oh, it's uh, magical. My body just responded to it in a way that I couldn't control. All you really need to know is... Uh, all snorted out of my nose. You just need it's to know that it's, it's Yakima. I mean, that really oh, tells you the simple. entire story there. I it's mean, kind of like, that's how we do it in Utah. Exactly. That's how we do it in Yakima. I mean, Yakima is... Uh, I think they're jealous of the recent attention that Tacoma has gotten. <laughs> so, uh, you know, next we'll have a series of, uh, of savage beatings there, uh, Taking, you know, outside like a place that sells nothing but beef jerky and various flavors. So uh, the Willamette Week it puts together every week, uh, Willamette Week every week. Uh, it's a <laughs> list of it's an unpleasant redundancy there. Uh, a list of things uh, that people can do. We're all of, about cheap stuff these get days. Out of their house and amuse themselves yes. for not very much. And the first one, you know, I don't know if I would call this amusing, but useful and kind of weird. Uh, the uh, Brooklyn Community Acupuncture Clinic is going to do free pokings. On Saturday morning from, I think it's 8 a.m. to noon. Yeah, from 9 a.m. to noon. First come, first served. If you want someone to stick needles in your body. And I do. Uh, they'll do it for free. Okay. I I had many questions about that. First of all, it's not that I don't believe that acupuncture works. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I mean, who am I to say? I am not a doctor. But it does seem like that's a thing that, like, they got to examine you and, and stuff first, right? No, apparently not. Like, that's if they in just fact, was... I think they can just throw them at you from one side of the room to the other, like darts. <laughs> but, I mean, it doesn't really uh, underscore maybe the seriousness with which they wish for that procedure to be taken if they, you could just show up and get it done for free. Like, any medical procedure that they'll just hand out on the, like, free chemo, come on by. <laughs> I have a feeling it's more of kind of like a taster, you know? Like, you get a little sample, you know, they, they talk to you about, you know, energy blockages and, and what's going on with you and, you know, do a little... They talk about what? A little wing-a-ding, a little whirladural. No, what the, was uh, the thing you said before that? Energy blockages. Is that a thing they really talk to you about, or are you making that up as like a sort of exaggerated, satirical take on what they might say? Do they really I think talk it's about half energy and half. blockages? I believe they do talk about energy blockages, but um, I don't know. Acupuncture, acupuncture well, that actually simplifies things, because so, I, yeah. was, I was sort of unclear about whether it's real science or not, but now mm. I know that oh, it isn't. Oh, there you go. So now I can take it off the I don't know. If somebody from Brooklyn Community Acupuncture is you know, listening, they can call in and they can completely school me on this. But basically what I was excited about is that I can just be hanging out, having a cup of coffee and a bagel on Saturday morning. It's like, hey, you know what? I need a needle in my neck. And it's like, someone will do this for free. As long as they push it all the way through. Yeah. That's the only way I agree totally to it. Other... <laughs> Wait, do you want her to <laughs> die? <laughs> oh, no, I was talking about myself. What do you mean if as long as they the push it all the way through? Well, what uh, are you talking about over there? That, uh, neck acupuncture. I don't think acupuncture is what you're thinking it is. <laughs> I, I think I you're think thinking of... something at the hooker bar. You're thinking of stitches, I think, which are different. That's I thought you're thinking about stabbing. <laughs> oh. 
That's a totally different clinic here in town. There, no, free stabbings are in my neighborhood, Tim. That's uh, that's the go. Southeast Clinic. All right. Uh, what else might be uh, going on that people could take part you in? You know, there's more cheap stuff around here, and a lot of it that we've been getting lately is Blazers-related. And my favorite is the fact that, uh, let's see, there is a Buffalo Gap. It's a bar down on Macadam. They've got about a million TVs. They're kind of a sports bar. Are doing Channing's Fries instead of Channing Fry for four ninety five. It's like a gigantic basketball mound. Player. It's like a gigantic mound of like French fries with chili and like jalapenos all over it. I just like the idea that while you watch the Blazer game, it's on Friday, right? On the Blazer game, you can also eat Blazer food. I I'll- guess to show. How serious a fan you are. Well, it does sort of, really happy. It does play into the, the dichotomy that the people who are the most hardcore sports fans are always the people who are the least physically able to do any kind of exertion at all. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, you can just, and I'm really honestly, and you'll have to take my word here when I say I'm not thinking of any uh, sports talk host in Portland, Oregon in particular. Well, now I am. Uh, <laughs> I mean, when they're just, it's like all they can do not to lick the inside of the bag after they're done shoveling the food into their mouths. Um, I mean, and that I mean, it just sort of goes with the you know, it just sort of goes with the territory. So now you can get into a, you can get into fighting trim. Well, I think it's the repetitive motion of it. It's like they're dribbling, you're eating. You can start, you know, that repetitive motion from bag or from gigantic mound of fries named after basketball player to to mouth mimics. So it's ball like to hoop. It's like your own personal caloric slam dunk. Yeah, it's it's like the physical video. Yeah, you're, you're working it out. Not you're that sweating. I'm sweating. Along, it might be sweat from jalapenos instead of from physical activity, but you know, you're, it's in the same ballpark. I got two things. One, it's pronounced jalapenos. Two, oh. uh, I, I'm not no, opposed. I can say jalapeno if I want. But, but, but that she would, sure can. But Rick. you're a journalist. That's, you, you I shouldn't, don't care. you shouldn't say that. And I'm also, I'm a written journal, you know, like I. My mom taught me that bagels were bagels. Yeah. Really? Also, mm-hmm. I know a man who says jalapeno just to make people angry. Wait a minute. Your mom uh, said, your mom said bagel? Yeah. Was she being kooky? I, I don't think so. So wait, do you say uh-uh. niche or niche? Uh, I think he says niche. I uh, I actually don't know. That's one of those things that I knew. Because that's you the one that what? makes me angry. It's I think it's niche, not niche. So I can understand that if you want to get angry about the jalapenos, that's fine. But how about that little dog? I'm going to keep the, saying uh, niche. How about the little dog that's a chihuahua? <laughs> it's all just huas and hookahs uh, with you today. All right. Uh, and, uh, also, not that I'm opposed to this in any way, by the way, because the, 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 fries, I have this theory. That in America, fries have become the new tortilla chip in terms of like the creation of nachos. Because you see a lot of things. Uh, Panic and I went to a place. I won't specify where it was, but uh, we went to a place the other day where they make it's like these cheese and pastrami fries. A- and I said, well, I don't really understand. Is that like cheese? Is that like cheese and chili fries? And he goes, No, sorry, you'll, you'll get the idea. And they bring out just this massive oval platter of fries, which in and of themselves are really good. And that's a trick. I mean, there's an art to making a very good, crisp uh, French fry. And then they just melted a huge amount of cheese over the top and then a bunch of very finely chopped up pastrami and then more cheese and then melted the whole thing together. So it really was like pastrami nachos, but with wow. French fries instead of chips. And there was that thing where like, as you're eating it, you can actually hear the warring factions inside your head, uh, like the warring, uh, like the warring James T. Kirks in the uh, in the episode "The Enemy Within," where you, part of you is going, oh, "These are fantastic. We have to store fat for the winter, just as our ancestors did in the Paleolithic era," and then part of your body is saying, "I can't. We're going to be dead. I, uh, do we have a defibrillator?" So I am a big fan of foods like this. One more thing, I found a place, Oaks Bottom uh, Public House in Selwood, that now sells tachos, which is tater tot nachos. 
which I think is even going farther than the French fry because it's got more crunch factor. What is on those? I mean, it is it's cheese. all the same stuff. It's like cheese and chilies and, you know, jalapenos. You know, you do what have you. every week. You come in here and you start listing a bunch of things. And like all I've had is I had a protein bar four and a half hours ago. Oh, life is so tough. That really tasted like uh, a sawdust. protein bar. Yeah. yeah. So you should start. Should you really should really start. Yeah, oh, I gotta get off. Well, I'm just saying. But are the, you saying you want me to bring you guys food no, no, no. on Thursday? That's not is what that, I'm saying. This, that sounds like. Ooh, I'm saying that would be awesome. I, okay. the, Let me I think see what I can do. The issue for me is that you, like you know get off the air and I think I'll go have myself a healthy yet filling breakfast that will help me keep my girlish physique while also giving me the sustenance I need to amuse and entertain. That used to be the case, but just like now, uh, like you come here on Thursdays and I get off the air and it's like, I'm going to go find a bucket of lard and a ladle. I think you need to go to Flavor Spot. <laughs> you need to get the Canadian bacon and Canadian bacon and bacon maple waffle. All right. On that note, ladies on and gentlemen, note. it is the uh, Rick Emerson Show. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week is here. Tim Riley is also here. And we will have uh, Smells Like the 90s at 9 coming up with our good friend, Buzz. We resume things ahead. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. Don't go anywhere. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, speaking of food, by the way, uh, so just just yesterday, just yesterday, I had uh, some secret aardvark uh, habanero hot sauce, and it was in sort of a... Um I actually don't know what was in this uh, mix that my wife had made. It was sort of like a kind of a pico de gallo kind of a thing, uh, but I think with some of her own sort of, as the woman, as the mom says, I'm better off dead, with some of my own little creative dashes. And it was good, uh, but I felt like it needed a little, you know, a little something, a little extra kick to it. Because while my wife has come a long way in terms of spice and in terms of the amount of uh, sort of heat that she'll put in something, I mean, she really, she was raised not just in Provo, but in a tiny town on the outskirts of Provo. So it's not like spice is necessarily a job one in our house all the time. So I got the bottle of uh, Secret Aardvark Habanero Hot Sauce. You put some in, you mix it up, it's fantastic. And the reason you can do that is because it is flavorful. It does have habanero, it has heat, but it also has a little tomato, has some onion, a little vinegar mixed together and the recipe was created uh, right here in Portland it's a Portland company and that means that they take the quality really seriously so it's not just like being cranked out of some machine full of uh, chemicals somewhere it's got a great natural taste got a lot of flavor to it it's got a lot of heat to it but it actually works very well to just uh, put a little extra kick on anything that might need it you can find out more about it at secretartvark.com with two ways secretartvark.com secretartvark.com is the website you can find out where they sell it you can find out the restaurants that serve it as well and of course if you go somewhere and they don't have it you gotta ask about it secret artvark habanero hot sauce one sauce to rule them all it's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is Thursday morning. Don't forget, we're going to be at the Mission tonight, which is at 16th and Gleason in Northwest for our Rock in the Red Shirts event. I hope people are dressed up. I'm really excited for tonight. I mean, you don't even really have to dress up. You just have to... Oh, you mean like in the full-on Star no, Trek? No, I hope somebody will. Nibbler said that he's trying to put together a Star Trek costume. He's got the uh, the, the, the little uh, the, the Starfleet lapel pin. The, like, you know, you hit it and it, boop, boop, you know, and it does the thing and it, whatever. So he's got that, which is sort of strange because he doesn't really seem like a Star Trek kind of guy. I, mean, I think he's more complex than you think he really? is. There are many, he's nuanced. There are many layers to Greg Nibbler. <laughs> I'm saying he's a, he's a strange one. And that is coming up tonight at the Mission at 16th and Gleason starts at 7.30. Uh, 21 and over, but admission is free. You just show up in a red shirt and you are in and automatically enter to win a pair of tickets to see the KUFO Portland premiere of Star Trek, uh, which premieres uh, for the rest of the uh, the world around you uh, May 7th, but which you will be able to see May 2nd if you win. So that is tonight, 21 and over, and uh, featuring metal from Klingon band Stovacore, who will be performing. And we want to thank Aaron Geek in the City, Duran, uh, for helping to coordinate this uh, as well. Uh, Kelly 
o'clock from uh, Willamette Week. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. So um, you had one final thing that we were going to talk about, which is this band Anvil. Yes, I'm so excited about this. There's a new documentary coming out, and it starts at screens tomorrow night at Cinema 21 for about a week. It's called Anvil, the story of Anvil. And basically, from everything I've heard about it, I can't wait. I've been watching the clips, and I can't wait to watch this. It's pretty much a real-life Spinal Tap. I mean, it is a Canadian metal band that was big in the 80s. I mean, they have testimonials from Lemmy and Slash about how amazing they are. You know, the lead singer is named Lips. The guitar player, you know, shreds with a dildo on stage sometimes. Like, you know, it's it's epic. And basically, it's this documentary about how they've just been losing their fan base and losing their fan base. And they're they're playing to crowds of 20 and 30 people and they're just rocking on. Yeah. And it it sounds every it sounds great. And they're one of those bands that uh, that I guess it was sort of on the periphery and the fringe, even like at their at their apex, sure. which is however many years ago. And they, they were like a of, metalheads, metalheads band. Yeah, and and I'm you know <laughs> it's not like I'm to the front, like I'm some huge. No, no, no. I've got their uh, I've got their four track demo at home that uh, came out on Roadrunner in 1980. I mean, I just I don't really know a whole lot about them, but I know that every region of the country has a band like that. Definitely. Uh, like uh, growing up in the Northwest, there was this band called Rail. And Rail was a band you heard about a lot that kind of had the same sort of vibe. Like they were really feeling it and they were just, they were, they were delivering the rock as few did. I think they're big. They had a, they had a hit, um, in like, kind of like the early eighties. It was called, um, it was called one, two, three, four. What are we living for? Rock and roll. And it was, it was, <laughs> and it was awesome. Uh, and then Rail just sort of, uh, disintegrated and they were never, never heard from again. But I guess the guys in Anvil have sort of just been soldiering on all these years. Yeah. They, uh, they've been together since they were 14. They formed it in junior high or high school and they just keep on going and they just believe in the rock. And our, our, our film critic Aaron came back from the screening just raving about it. He's like, it's, it's heartwarming. He was, I mean, he said it's just great. And, uh, so that starts at Cinema 21 on Friday. And it's one week only, by the way. And oh, I'm so going to go check that out. We're going to talk to a couple of guys, uh, from the film tomorrow, actually. Uh, we will be who speaking made the film with the, or, uh, who heard I heard you talking to Lips. We're going to, yeah, and, but also, oh my God. And also the, uh, also the director. That. And we're going to speak with the director as well. So that is, uh, that's what we that's just, that's pretty damn cool. We just got that confirmed. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to do like a whole Portia de Rossi thing and like, and she'll be on, <laughs> except not. Uh, so I'm going to have to see it next week because I'm going to, because I'm leaving a town right after the show tomorrow. So I'm going to, I'm going to uh, You're Vegas. You're going to Vegas, right? Going to Vegas, uh, right after the show. Oh, we're going to have to talk about that tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Vegas. Well, because I got to figure, because I got this, this, uh, kind of dead space where I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do, uh, because Friday, Osmonds, Saturday night, Brittany. But then I got all day Saturday and then Sunday because I'm not, you know. That's I'm, pool time. Bingo. Yeah, see, but I, you, that's more of a you uh, being in contact with the outdoors and the sun. Make sure you're wearing flip-flops. No, I'm not going <laughs> to. Oh, my God. Can you see Rick walking around in Bermuda shorts and flip-flops? Huge roomy, huge roomy <laughs> shorts. <laughs> uh, and and like a big shirt from the gift shop that just has like three sevens across the front and like some coins. Oh, it's jackpot against the I can back. picture that all too clearly. It's really disturbing. By the way, the best part about my Vegas trip is that I am uh, getting back into town because I, because I, we booked this trip like in uh, January when we were doing the midday show. So I'm actually getting back into town Sunday night, Monday morning at 1 a.m. Uh, so I'll just yeah, be, I'll that'll just be, be fun for you coming here right from the airport. I'm not You'll even going to go. Just be crazed. That'll yes. be that'll make for good radio. So I'm going to I'm going to go right right from the uh, the blackjack table uh, to the airport to the plane to the ground to here. So uh, Monday show will be righteous. Kelly so. Clark from the Willamette Week W Week W Week dot com. And I'll catch up with you this weekend, Kelly. See when you're going to go see Anvil because I really do want to go yes, see it. Yes, we definitely should see it. Yeah. All right. Straight ahead, Tim Riley recaps today's biggest news stories. Coming up at nine, it is I Love the Nineties with our good friend Buzz. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Stay there. The Rick.
Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. I have stayed away from it like a bad clam. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Be sure to join us tonight at the Mission 16th and Northwest Leeson for KUFO's Rockin' the Red Shirts event. Uh, admission is free, but you got to be 21. Just show up wearing a red shirt, and you'll be automatically uh, inside and then entered into a drawing for a pair of passes to see the Star Trek KUFO Portland premiere. Red shirts, Star Trek, and beer. I can't picture a better combination. Awesome. Uh, Portland Klingon metal band Stovacore will be playing. And uh, just by showing up in a red shirt, you'll be entered for a pair of passes to see the uh, KUFO Portland premiere of Star Trek. Happens May 2nd, which is five days for everybody else gets to see it. So that is happening tonight, so you ought to be there for that. Uh, join us tomorrow when our guests will include Aaron Duran of GeekInTheCity.com, uh, as well as the dudes from Rail. Uh, rail anvil. <laughs> now I got that rail song in my head because during the break somebody was like, "My cousin went to see Rail. They totally played that song. It was awesome." All right, Tim Riley has been working on the following stories today. A man exposes himself to a woman at Clackamas Park. She was not impressed. A Yakima boy is sent home from school with a bag of his own feces, much to the surprise of his parents, and six souvenirs. While his bride was picking out monogram sheets, the accused Craigslist killer was collecting his victim's underwear. <laughs> Well, that's <clears throat> disturbing. Sorry, hey, real quickly, just... Can we touch more on the feces? <laughs> if, so you have like 30, if you have like 30 seconds. Absolutely. For feces, Tim, we'll make all the time we need. Okay, this story was so big that Como News from Seattle sent every, someone all the way to Yakima <laughs> to file this report. A five-year-old at Apple Valley Elementary in Yakima headed home on the bus with more than books in his backpack. Inside was a smelly package you'd never imagine he'd be toting around. Jason says his son's kindergarten teacher bagged up a piece of human feces and stuck it in his son's backpack. She says his wife the found the stinky mess. The note read, this little turd was on the floor in my room. Jason wow. emailed school officials. He got a response days later apologizing for the delay. This happened last week, and he still hasn't spoken with anyone about his concerns and frustration. You can read the note on my website at RileyLive.com. Good God Almighty. Wow. Well, they're really holding up the banner of serious journalism there. <laughs> they, they, they sent a crew all the way to Yakima. Wow. That. It's hard to believe that people don't take network news seriously. Mm-hmm. Jesus, God almighty. What kind of school is that? And that was in Yakima that that happened? Yes. I mean, look, I know that, yeah, that Yakima is just a place that's filled with savages, but I mean, still. I mean, it just... I mean, it's, I, it's it's like when you get one of those stories from... Um, well, we have one a story from Kennewick. There's my hometown, a place also filled with savages, by the way. But still, there's certain things that do have the uh, they do have the power to catch you ever so slightly off guard. God Almighty! All right. Oh, hey, real quickly. Speaking of the news, so last night, so I was watching uh, KGW, and they were like, it was man, it was like one story after another that was either surreal or just made no sense. Um, they did. They came right out of the gate with the Craigslist thing, and then they went right to the uh, the monkey attack. And they were showing the absurd uh, mugshot of the monkey. And they showed the girl. And they never met. I watched like three different newscasts covering that monkey thing in Salem. At no point did they ever get the, get the dad or the mom or it, one of the parents of the kids. They did put the little girl, who was pretty adorable, in front of the camera. And she's pointing at what looks like a small, I mean, it looks like a, like a, like a, like a mosquito bite. This is so gross. But like if you were like to jab at it a bit, you know, so like it obviously she had, it would have been, you know, it, like it had broken the skin. You're not supposed point. to pick at it. No, you don't leave it alone. Don't pick at that thing, Tim. That's good advice all the time. But she's like, and then the monkey poked me right here. And you're, and you're thinking like, that would be pretty off-putting and unnerving if you were a kid. I mean, that's going to lead to some therapy later. And then I kept waiting for them to go, 
We asked the girl's, you know, like insert parent that happens to be on the scene, you know, here. We asked the girl's father why he let the daughter go up and bother the monkey even after repeated warnings, and then they never followed through on it. Maybe, maybe the That's agent weird. didn't call back. So I, well, th- that seems likely. Uh, that perhaps they uh, they were unable to track it down. But they, they got the girl on camera though. So it's like if they had the girl on camera, clearly they were able to find the family because it's not like the girl was just out wandering the streets of Salem. Although, would anyone be surprised? And they cut right from that to um, the story about the, the, the McCall's uh, right out there on front. They're going to be putting some huge, gigantic, gaudy neon rose on top. In violation of apparently like every city zoning law. And Amanda Fritz, who does have sort of crazy lemur eyes, like under the best of circumstances, it was like they were about ready to pop out of the front of her face. She was so angry about it. So it really is. I strongly advise you to, uh, to find footage of that. It's, uh, it's altogether very satisfying. On that local and relatable note, <laughs> we're going to, uh, end here. We want to thank, uh, CNN radio correspondent Steve Castamount today. Also, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com, uh, uh, Chris Paddock for weighing in on Lost at 408, and Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. Join us tomorrow, and our guests will include Aaron Duran from GeekInTheCity.com, the guys from Anvil, and from the San Diego Zoo, Joan Embry. Rick Emerson's show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen. For Rock 101, KUFO in the newsroom, Tim Riley in the phones, Greg Nibbler of the Nibblonians, the gatekeeper, Dave's in the webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, uh, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Dornaf with me, Reynolds, executive producer, Chris Paddock, engineered by Brent Brizendine. See you all tomorrow. Bye now. Go.